just gonna, that's very, oh God, we love him. Ha, no, ha, you're, we're live, uh, hello. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, you're here. And who are you? I'm Josh Sussman. And what is this? Um, this is the Vicki Abelson Game Change Podcast. <laughs> and we're here. <laughs> and we are. I'm in the right place, right? You're in the right place. You're in the right place doing the right show. Wait, I'm making sure that we're, that we're live on the air because, you know, one never knows, does one. No, see, it's not showing on my page. Pete, it's not showing on my page. Hi, everybody. Are we, are we live? Or well, it feels you, live because they're all there. Can you, can you hear us? We, we are, look, we are. I have we're, faith. We're here. I believed. Okay, because that's because you have religion. Okay, so Josh, before we do anything, see, this is nice. It's nice kosher pastries we have here. Oh, thank do, you. Yes, they're nice. That They're not, what's the word, Hamisha? No, what's the word? Um, Traif? Traif, but no, there's a, Ham, Ham, like Hamisha, like like Hamish, but it, there's a word like that. I don't know. So we have. Oh, yum. <laughs> Where do I begin? So. Yeah, you can have some, you can eat and get food in your teeth while we're, we're having a nice interview. Maybe, I don't know. That one with, this one has some chocolate chips on it. I've been staring at it for a little while. Well, I, that one's got your name on it, so I won't eat that one. There's only one of those. I know, well, we'll, we'll see what we can do. Uh, the others all have a friend, the others have brothers and sisters, but this chocolate chippity one is all... This, this isn't letting me... By its lonesome. It's not letting me uh, do that. What's going on? Come on. All right, I, I'm getting frustrated. But here, see, look at all the love we're getting. Oh my oh, God, there's people love. Are, people are sending up love. But it's not letting me, I don't know. Uh, I'm yeah, getting frustrated. Mickey Galena confirmed that they can hear us live. So thank you, Mickey. <laughs> is, uh, is the we sound saw your okay? comment live. Sounds great, yep. <laughs> so, all right, so let's say hi to Paula and John. Hi, John Green. Oh, and Paula's encouraging Paula's... me to take that one. Thank you, Paula. So I, you should. Should I do it now? Oh, I don't want to no. get the food in my tummy and teeth the whole time. All right. But it is, oh, doesn't it look, oh, it smells good too. No, you, well. Oh, wait, all right. maybe. All right. So It'll be a reward for a great, successful podcast. There you go. All right. So, you know, I don't, I call this a video talk. I call this a talk show, actually. I'm on a talk show. You're on a talk show because, I, you know, the whole Mom, thing. Mom, I'm on a talk show. <laughs> this is probably good. This might be your, we'll see how, how long we go, but this is like really long form. Like we're really going to get to know you now. We're gonna to get to know you in a way that you wouldn't do on most talk shows. Because most talk shows, you're like promoting something and you have an agenda. There's no agenda here. Right. So we're just really, the only agenda is to really get to know Josh Sussman. Well, Josh Sussman, that's tough to say. The telemarketers can't do it. Um, <laughs> what do not, they call you? Not like Sussman, but they also call me ma'am. So I don't know, Wait, here what? you see me, you see that. They, yeah, they think I'm a girl on the phone. They call me um, Vicky Abelson and um, this annoys me. It annoys me. I'm so annoyed at telemarketers. I even yelled at one the other day. Did you really? They're just so rude. Okay, so now I what what upsets me is that I'm on the do not call list. Me too. At, right, and I get calls every single day, and I have one person that calls me and wakes me up every morning. This and I, how do you stop it? What do you do? I don't. I thought I had to call the police on them. That doesn't work. And then, <laughs> they, and then I play along and I'm, I'm nice to them. I try. I'm very kind. And then once they realize I'm not a candidate for what they're selling, they hang up on me. Oh. And that's when I call them back to, and explode, which hurt my throat last time. Oh, did you really? Yeah, that's why they're not worth it. They're, they're not worth it. Okay, so I'm just looking at it. Hi, Zach. Okay, so my friend Zach Nilsson is watching. He's Harry Nilsson. So do you know everybody's talking at me and we'll put the lime in the coconut? Yeah. Know, so all the Zach, music for Popeye? Yes. 
so, so, so Zach, his son is on. Hey, Zach. Hello. And Jack and Sherry Vale. Do you know uh, them? Yes, I do. You do? And I don't, they're moving. And <laughs> they're moving May 1st. And I'm excited to visit you guys when you move. Um, Are they moving here? No. Oh. I don't know if I should say where the new home is. No, so I think. But it's not in California, but it's still, it's a closer state than they are now. And you're going to go visit them? I hope so. Are you going to help them unpack? No, you're not I my don't know. friend. No, but I like that. Jack Vale, give him a shout out. Jack Vale has really funny um, YouTube videos. He's a YouTube page. He has hundreds of thousands, maybe a million, wow. maybe more followers. And I've been in some of them where we have done hidden camera pranks. That have like been. what? Okay, so like tell me, tell us like a for instance hidden camera prank that um, you've done. Well, I, we decided to go to the food court and hang outside the bathroom. Well, Jack was in the bathroom and he would text me all the people that didn't wash their hands. <laughs> and then... Oh, no! And then I would confront these people and ask them... And I was wearing a tie, so I looked all official. And so I have wireless mics. And then... So it's on Jackville's YouTube page. If you search my name and then dirty hands. Um, oh, my God. And would people, like, get incensed... All right, now, now wait, don't you have to get their permit? Well, it's YouTube, you don't have to get their permission. You can just kind of put it up, right? Uh, who knows the rules? Yeah. It's, um, and so did people like, did, did anybody like get mad at you? Some, most people were, were real nice and they went back to the bathroom and they washed their hands. <laughs> but there were some who got, yeah, you'd watch the video and it's always real interesting the kind of characters you meet. They're, Holy yeah, shit. some are psychos and it's kind of, it's, it's you thrilling. You didn't get like punched out. You know, but pain is temporary, film is forever. <laughs> there was one other video. I love that motto. Pain is temporary, film is forever. That's my new motto. I'm giving that a love right now. I get another video with um, Jack Wright, actually. It was, we met this crazy guy in a parking lot, and I totally thought he would punch me. But um, if he did, it would be, it's on tape. It's and all, you, you and I'm being polite. I'm keeping my hands to myself. He was just a crazy man who I happened to ask. He had a broken shopping cart, and he was. I asked him, "What's going on with the shopping cart?" He must have had a warrant out because he just <laughs> watch the video. We'll, we'll link it after this. I'll link it. So okay, you guys, good, good, good. Um, it's pretty funny. So Jack, I'm excited you're watching. I, I see where it's Facebook Live makes us go blurry sometimes. It doesn't look blurry on here, but on there it's making us look blurry. Hey guys, tell me, do we look blurry? Wait, I have to like get a new thing here. So, so I want to say, Josh, what I'm really impressed about right away. I've I've done um, 136 of these. You, this is 137, I think. And you are the first guest to actually look into the camera. Everybody, we sit here and we talk like this, and we forget there's people out there, and it's so much nicer when you talk to them and they can see your eyeballs. Well, it's because I care about you guys and there's some vanity where I think my face looks less flattering if it's here, so I'm just trying, even though now I get to look at you, which is great. Why, no. I have a nice sight. No, you don't need that. Oh, so now it's working, here we go. So we're now not we blurry? No, now, no, we're a little blurry. See, we're blurry and then I say that and then people go, why? No, no, not blurry. Thank you, Jeff. Nikki says we both look wonderful. Oh, you're so nice. And Nikki. Tony started watching. Candy Clark is watching, do you know Candy? I, I love candy, the, the food, but okay, I don't know. Okay, so Candy uh, was an Academy Award nominated actress, is an Academy Award nominated actress for American Graffiti. Did you Congratulations, see American, Did candy. you see American Graffiti? Yes, of course. Okay, so Candy is the gorgeous blonde that is with Toad in the car, and that's Candy. And, and I heard I the director candy. of that film went on to great success with his <laughs> Star Wars movies. So good for everyone from that movie. He came up for anything. Like everybody in that movie, Harrison Ford, mm -hmm. um, Mackenzie Phillips, yeah, quite well for themselves. Every, Ron Howard, everybody did really good from that movie. Yeah, that was so. Okay, so let's talk about Josh Sussman. 
So Josh, I just found out, I did not know, that you were raised in, in, in an observant Jewish family. I'm, I'm Jewish. My mm -hmm. father was a yeshiva teacher. You went to yeshiva. Yes. Okay, so now, so where, what's the first thing you want to be? And where did you grow up? I grew up in Teaneck, New Jersey. Teaneck, New Jersey. And it's in northern New Jersey. We're four miles from the George Washington Bridge, which leads to New York City. Which is where the dreams come which true. Which is where all the dreams are. And I've always had the dream of... How did that start? It started with me being a fan of the Muppets. Oh. And I didn't know what acting was. I just thought the Muppets were so cool. And I wanted to be friends with them. I wanted to be friends. I wanted to invite Gonzo. I remember, I think it was my fifth birthday party, and my mom was asking who I wanted to invite. And I really wanted to invite Gonzo. Okay, now tell, I, I'm like, my Muppets were rusty. I, it was Gonzo Blue? Well, He's blue. He's Gonzo's blue. blue. Yeah, yeah, I remember Gonzo. And I... Because I was having, we had Muppet, like, pl paper plates and um, <laughs> tablecloth. And I found out that I can't invite the Muppets. So I was thinking, huh, well, they live in the TV set. I have to get on the TV. So my first instincts and interest of wanting to be on television had nothing to do with show business. I didn't know show business was a thing. I just thought these are where these really cool creatures live. So I need to get into that box. And I still, it's a lifelong dream to work with the Muppets. I've Have you met the Muppets yet? I, I've met Muppet performers. Okay. Um, and I've worked with puppets on a show. But which, I have, uh, well, we're in the ape. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I still have ne not yet met Kermit, Fozzie. I saw them live at the Hollywood Bowl um, <laughs> September of 2017. And that was the best show. I actually went all three nights. Wait, are, no, you did It was the best show ever. Are you telling me you couldn't get backstage? I went backstage with the, where the performers are, but they don't have oh, the Muppets. I couldn't. You couldn't, like, take a picture with Kermit or something? They don't bring him back to the no. after the show. I, I took a picture with... Um, the, I guess, Kermit's best friend, <laughs> which is cool, but I wanted to meet Kermit. You really went all three nights? I really went all three nights. So you are a, a geek, for you are a Muppet geek. Very much so. <laughs> so I, oh, that, if I could ever work with them, that, I could die happy. A and really then, good friend of mine has worked with the Muppets a few times. Tom Bergeron has worked with the Muppets, and he has he always puts up stuff. So I'm, maybe I'll put in a word, and I'll ask him if he can do anything. I'm bugging some of my Muppeteer friends if there's ever an opportunity. I want to... Well, why wouldn't they do that? Well, they, one of them tried, when they were doing the Muppets film with right. Jason Siegel, trying really hard. Like, I would have even done um, background in it or yeah, anything I, just to... Why can't they, like, do, like, a Glee, like, skit or something? I think if you're going to get a Glee skit and you have one person from Glee, then I'm not the one to get because there's all sorts of people who are way more exciting. Well, Dan I and Chris got that. to work with Kermit, which is awesome. And we bonded on the set of Glee, not to skip to Glee, but me and Dan bonded over the Muppets. So oh, when stop. I saw him with Kermit, I could tell this is someone who deserves to meet Kermit. But another show was then Full House, which I desperately, I love that. It was my favorite as okay, a kid. Okay, Lydia Cornell has been here. Lydia's a friend of mine. She's from Full House. Isn't she from? No, I'm sorry. She's from Too Close to Comfort. Wait, Full House. Wait, get me up to speed. Who's on Full House? Um, John oh. Stamos, Bob Saget, uh, Candace Cameron. Who were the other girl? Who were the other women? Uh, it was Mary, Lori Laughlin, who's now been in the news quite a bit. Oh my God. And okay, so what do you think of that? Uh, oh, controversial topic. Yes. Um, did your parents help you get into, where'd you go to college? I went to a two-year acting conservatory. 
and it was with with Genevieve Joy. Uh, well, I went no. to a different school before okay. that, but um, and it was an audition a program I had auditioned to get in. There were like, I think four thousand people auditioned to get in the first year. They accepted one hundred and twenty eight, wow. and then only fifty six back for the second year. So if I found out that someone else got in instead of me because their parents paid a lot, then I guess that's unfair. So my life is unfair. I have, I guess, as a Full House fan, I'm now a Fuller House fan. I'm like, wait, Aunt Becky, I'm just being selfish. Like, don't, no, don't put her in jail for breaking the law. I, you want her on the show. I need her. There's gonna be one final season. Like, what if DJ and Steve get married? And Becky has to be there. So, um, yeah, no, it's. I feel she probably she ruined her kids' life. So, um, she had a YouTube channel making I hear like two million dollars. I know. A I year, know. she didn't need college. And I'm actually, I don't think college is for everyone. Okay, so let's let's talk about that for a minute. So you wanted to get in the TV from when you were little. And I just want to say that I, I think, I touched you, I'm sorry, Jack. Oh, that's I, great. I, I think that part of the reason why you are successful is because you had, you manifested something that was important to you as a little kid. Mm -hmm. And that, that really was something that you saw as a real possibility, right? You could get in that TV. You I, I found out how. I found out, okay, there's things going on in this Hollywood place. <laughs> let's figure out how to get there. So I started doing plays. Okay, so let's talk. Okay, so now you're a little kid. You're doing school plays? I started, starting at age nine, I went to a summer camp called Sports and Arts. And you got to pick which sports you wanted to do and which arts you wanted to do. Where was where it was, was in Teaneck. It was oh. for the locals in Teaneck. Okay. And so I picked drama every time, and that was the first time I performed in a live play. And what was not the first counting, play? Um, well, they did Greece. And which, who were you? Uh, glorified background. <laughs> uh, but it was awesome. I got. Do you sing? I don't, despite being. And a you were the lead. Happen. You know, they've never asked me uh, if, you know, at the Glee season one rap party, there was karaoke and I did sing and maybe that's why they never asked me. <laughs> Remember I sang I Will Survive. Um, but I did sing in a Super Bowl commercial to King Elton John, to Sir Elton John. What? So uh, they are King Elton John. He banished me from his kingdom because of my singing. So no Pepsi what? for me. Really? Yeah. So, a Super Bowl commercial. That's hot stuff. That was exciting. Oh my god. Yeah, was, but there, they had me sign this contract or this paper that if I told anyone that Elton John was in the commercial or that I'm in it or that Flavor Flav is that they could sue me for one million dollars. Oh and I never signed anything like that before. So it was very scary. And, but then like two weeks before the Super Bowl, the commercial was released and leaked. And just like all the Super Bowl commercials, and people were asking me, hey, Josh, so you're in the Super Bowl commercial, and I'm just thinking about this contract, <laughs> and it's, it's out, so it's like, I, can't, I took the risk. You did? And I, I never, well, it's out already. All right, so, so, what, did you, me, so what did you do? Um, I, I talked about the commercial once it was already out. Yeah. So now, how did those, how did, they, how did they leak those? Um, I think they do it themselves because uh... I want the press, and now it's kind of dumb because... Before the Super Bowl, all the commercials are already out or online, and they have extended versions. Okay, I didn't even know that. So yeah, did that's you, a thing. Do you? Okay, that's so. What year was that? That was two thousand twelve, maybe. So did you get a lot? Did you get like? Did you get action from the Super Bowl commercial? Because like I would think you'd have a whole new audience from that. You know, people were like, "Oh, this is going to be a game changer." Um, nice. But it really, it truthfully wasn't. Uh, and some in a Super Bowl commercial, sometimes it airs just during the Super Bowl. 
Right. And so that was really it. So it didn't get a lot of airplay. Uh, During it, however many, 65 million, 100 million people, they all see it. Right. So that was cool. Yes. And, I, and you're with Elton John. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And Elton John, he had his very own fancy coffee machine. And the craft service areas, there were these two You coffees. mean you actually shot with Elton John in the, in the same thing? Um, he had a stand-in in most of the time. Um, so I was, when it was, the camera was on me. Right. But there were some long shots, which had both of us. And that's when he was in it also. Was he nice? Uh, we didn't exchange words. Um, Are I was, you allowed to look at him? I guess they, no one told me not to. <laughs> Um, I gave him a head nod, and I did get an Elton John head nod back. That's pretty cool. So that was cool. Um, that's pretty cool. And I got, but he had this special coffee machine, and I know what. I was like, what's the difference between this coffee and that? Uh, it was explained. That's Elton John's coffee. <laughs> um, so I guess when you're Elton John, you can have it in your contract. I'll do this commercial, but you have to have this kind of coffee. So <laughs> and nobody else can have any. I don't know. I didn't. Hopefully, he would have shared. Hopefully. I'd like to think he's a coffee sharer. I didn't. That would be that would be nice to. I did a Saturday Night Live. Uh, I did background Madonna back in the when she married Sean Penn, and uh, and we we were told to avert our eyes when she was on set. Seriously, that's disappointing. Eyes. Yeah, it was. But that was when she was a superstar. That was like the height of her. That's like, no way for a superstar to behave. <laughs> I don't think so. We all laughed at her actually, and I purposely looked right at her because I was like the sun. Like, will my my eyes burn up and will I go blind? Mm -hmm. So I didn't go Madonna blind. I, I, I survived. How could she not be embarrassed? I would be embarrassed. I know. It's kind of weird, right? Yeah. Who knows? Sometimes people are very weird and inappropriate and don't know how to act then around superstars like that. And maybe it's to protect a potentially weird situation. I don't know. No, it's... because I heard it came from her that that, that was the, the thing. But I, but I don't know if that's true. P, are, are we getting... It, it, Questions? Like, yes, go ahead. Yeah, Joshua, uh, what was your favorite character that you did in TV or movies? Um, my favorite character was actually on the show I did with puppets, Warren the Ape. Um, so Warren was a puppet, a monkey puppet, who was addicted to drugs, sex, alcohol. So you might... <laughs> just from reading the cover, I haven't read the book. This is a show Vicky might be able to relate to and so I was Warren's assistant Cecil and he was abusive to me and he was always so are you laughing when you tell it oh it's just fun it's and I wish um, it, it was on an MTV during the same time as Jersey Shore and that had that captured all the MTV audience I think we were on the wrong channel no one watched it it's mm -hmm. on iTunes and Amazon for sale I wish I could tell you it was somewhere for free like Netflix but no, that was my favorite. My favorite was something really? that no one, and I met some of my best friends. Is that so? Doing that show. How long did you do it? Um, one season, 12 episodes. Okay. And I was doing double duty. I was doing that show at the same time as Glee season one. And I even had a day where I worked on both shows. Whoa! On the same day, which is the coolest day as an actor, where as an actor, there's so much time where you're unemployed or not knowing <laughs> what your next job is. And wow, now I'm having two shows on the same day. Were they on the same lot? Um, no, So, but the productions had to coordinate with each other. Wow. Where I was contracted to Glee first, mm -hmm. so I was in what they call first position on Glee. So the other show, Warren the Ape, had to talk to them and find out, when do you think he'll be wrapped? And <laughs> my call time there was ASAP as soon as 
Wow. You must have felt really important that day. Uh, it was definitely a good day. And I also had weeks where I did Glee and Wizards of Waverly Place in the same week. And Wizards is another really fun character I loved. And tell I was going about, doing tell some... Tell us about that. Because, you know, a lot of my audience is old Fakakis like me. So my kids, Samantha, Harry, it's Josh Sussman. And um, major fans. But, but I'm Glee. I, but... but we're going to get to all of that, but okay, so tell us about Wizards of Waverly Place. Why was that like a... Well, Wizards of Waverly Place I had really good writing. It had some of the same writers mm. as uh, Friends, even, or people who worked on that. No shit. So it's really smart. And Selena Gomez is amazing. People often ask, of all the famous people you've worked with, who's the nicest? And when I think about it, Selena Gomez is... Is that true? She's my answer. Wow. And it feels good to say, because sometimes you never know... So, so what, what made Selena special? What, what, what makes her a nice celebrity to work with? She was just, Selena was so down to earth mm. and kind and um, sometimes- Was she going out with that Justin Bieber then? Um, during the third season maybe, but during the first season, it, the first season uh, was before she was even Selena Gomez, the show never aired. So it's always fun to meet and interact with people before superstardom so uh, like, during season one of Wizards of Waverly Place, Selena was 14, and our characters were playing best friends at this wizard school, <laughs> and yeah, she just, just had a great time, great acting partner. So maybe she was the most down, maybe she was humble because you knew her before she was... But then in the later seasons, mm -hmm. she's a superstar, a superstar. Yeah. and I think she still is humble and so nice. nice. You see people become more guarded, though, as right. people get stalkers and weird things. And I noticed Ron Glee, we did the first 13 episodes before it ever aired. And there you notice that when you come back. And the show, that was huge. Okay, we have to talk about all of this. All right, let's go and let's try. I'm going to try to be sort of linear with you so that people can follow your career. Because it amazes me that you are the age you are. And you've had this huge career already and so much success. And... Okay, so I want to find out the things, because this show is called Game Changers, but really, it, it's Celebrity Maps to Success. Like, how did you do this? So, so you're a little kid, and you manifest you want to be in that box. Yes. Okay, so now the first thing you do is you start doing plays. A lot of plays I did. I was doing two or three plays a year. I was taking acting class from... In Teaneck? Um, other places in North Jersey. And but not in Manhattan. You're not going to Manhattan. I yet. started going to Manhattan at, to the Stella Adler Teen Conservatory, when I was 15 or 16. And this is where you met Genevieve Joy. And Hi, Genevieve. Hey, Genevieve. We love you. And yeah, Genevieve no. was here yesterday. Oh, we missed each other. I couldn't, I wasn't able to make it to her birthday. I she, wasn't either. It was formal. So though. sorry. No, Genevieve, formal. I couldn't do the formal thing. Why? Why not? Because, I mean, my old Emmy dresses, I don't, I don't think I fit into them anymore. <laughs> my gowns. Oh. I have a non-formal party. We'll be there. Yes. That would have been funny to run into you at Genevieve's party. That would have been... Crazy. Oh, it'd be great to run into you anywhere. <laughs> Josh and I have run into each other. Thank you, Phil Rosenthal. I love you very yes, much. Thank you, Phil. And and we want to know why we're not invited every week. <laughs> I want to. I'm asking. Oh, it's always fun when we are there. It's and like I'm grateful a, whenever I am. But um, so yeah, I wanted to get in that box. I was doing theater, and then after high school. So like, okay, what's your? Do you remember your first role? What was your first play? Um. My first play may have been Winnie the Pooh. I was Christopher Robin. Oh, wow, you had the lead in your first play. Well, it wasn't the lead. Winnie the Pooh was the lead. Oh. 
That's uh, true. But then I worked at this teen concert, this teen performing arts company where I started out with small parts and then wound up with the leads. And I had my first kiss in a play. What? Um, it was called Merton of the Movies. And... Um, Who'd you kiss? Um, so it was the lead. I was the lead and it was... Uh, my leading lady, her name was Amy, and I was so nervous, and I think she knew I was nervous. Did you chew gum first? I hope so, <laughs> but she could tell I was nervous as we were on the stage rehearsing, and she uh, took me by my arm, pulled me into the wings, and just gave me a nice, gentle kiss. So that Plus, you would get over it? Yeah, and that was very... That's very sweet. That was very sweet, and uh, yeah, and it was a great play, and then I went to do Brighton Beach Memoirs, <gasps> where I got to be Eugene Morris Jerome, I got nominated for a Perry Award, wow. which were the Theater Awards of New Jersey. I was like, maybe I'm on the right track. That's that's fantastic. How old were you when that happened? Um, there, I think I was 19. Okay, so now let's backtrack a little bit. So now you're 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 observant Jewish. You're in yeshiva. You're doing this acting thing. Are those kids like? on board with it or are they making fun of you or oh by the time I was doing the plays I actually left the you had already left Le Leashiva. okay and were, did your parents give you any hard time about going to straight up college were they cool with you just doing conservatory amazingly my parents were so supportive Aww. of me going to a straight up acting school now the acting school is a, an accredited program so I could start off as a junior anytime oh which, I see which I used to tell people I could, but now I don't think I'm going <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I don't think so which I think is and I encourage people if you know what you want to do because college ends up being so much money and it's a great time to bring your nurture or um, <laughs> learn and, and grow mm -hmm. but I knew I wanted to be an actor so it made sense and thank you to my parents are so so supportive that's so fabulous and and and, and can, yay for you for and he'll never write a book like this. <laughs> I love my mother it's called don't jump sex drugs back my fucking mother but I love my mother but but Conservatory is very competitive, and it takes a lot of balls to do that kind of program because you can get kicked out. Yeah, they um, you learn to be very disciplined because it was so competitive where not everyone made it back to the second year. It was like Survivor. So if you, <laughs> like so I had a perfect Did attendance rate. Did you have to rate. eat ants and things? I never had to eat ants, thankfully. But like, if there was a terrible snow day, people would not show up and that's realize I still, if there's an audition or something, you still have to show up. If you're booked on a movie or a show, you still have to show up. So they kind of, kind of so terrify they gear, So they gear it to be like, but it's not like, Pete, what was the, the movie about conservatory study for music, the drummer that we were talking about last week that I can never remember the name oh, of? Oh, that was the one about the drummer. Right, the drummer. Yeah. Okay. You remembered it last week. Now you can't Whiplash. Remember. Whiplash. That's what so it it's not like Whiplash where they're like beating you to, to keep you to, did you ever see Whiplash? I saw Whiplash. No, it wasn't <laughs> like that. So sometimes they're pretty strict and some, some of the students were... Intense. And even bullies, because they were all competitive, even though I wasn't their competition. And there was some really dark, terrible stuff. Right? Like, like, tell us something that like somebody did like competitively. Okay, there was this. I'm not gonna say her name. No, no, no. There was. Um, they. One of the girls thought I was just um, very weird, and so they went to the <laughs> head of the school and told them they thought I was really weird and maybe dangerous and I was going to harm myself. What? And so they ended up, and the head of the school sent me to, they wanted me to get a psychological evaluation oh. to prove that I wasn't dangerous. She ended up, the head of the school ended up apologizing 
to me for this, and it was all... This was all to get you out of the program to make another spot? Not to make another... I, I don't know what it was for, honestly, and it, we would have different classes of movement, and we would do different things where they would instruct us to move around or on the floor, and they would be like, yeah, the way he's moving is just weird, and we're... So the rest of this, the year after that, I was then I was just afraid to... And in acting, oh, you're supposed to be able to explore yes. and do things, and it was just... Really, it was the dumbest thing. It was very... That's... I thought, thankfully, that person who was in the acting school, who no one's heard from her, so... Yeah, there you go. That sounds mean, but no, she, it did, was... Did anybody else come out of your program and, and have success? Um, yeah, lots of people. Not as many from my year, but there's all sorts of people who pop up on the television all uh -huh. the time from... Yeah. Cool. So, so okay, so you're, you're doing theater, you go to conservatory. How do you make the leap from that? So what happens... During conservatory, are you doing any acting? I, I did a play. They really encouraged you not to be auditioning. Right. So, and I did, I interned for a casting director, which they had us do, which that's honestly one of the best things. Samantha, I know about it. This is true. That I did. And before then, when I'd audition for some, I'd be afraid that do the casting people not want to like me or they're not going to, but I realized the casting people want everyone who goes in to be great. And by being in the auditions as the intern, right. I got to watch people's auditions and I realized and I saw what was a good audition and what people were so what doing you, bad auditions. Okay, so what did you learn, Josh, that you could pass on? Like, what, what are some telltale signs of like a bad audition? So staying in the room too long, trying, doing not a good audition and then making unnecessary small talk where you're trying to network, <laughs> where it's just like you do good work and then you go. And that's what the casting director, they want you to do great. You don't have to stay and hang out. Um, yeah. And so, and how about like a great audition? What, what was like a great, a really successful audition? Well, when you're watching so many auditions in a row, when someone comes in and they're different than everyone else and they're well prepared and they're not reading their lines, that, they're, that they are memorized and they're committed, they made good choices. Okay, so this is what I was going to say to you. I, I posted something earlier today. Hi, Penny. I just saw you with your hearts. Um, so thanks, Penny. Penny, Penny was here yesterday too. You miss, missed Penny. I miss you missed everybody. I'm missing everybody. So somebody wants to know if your hair is real. Um, yes. Uh, this is my real hair. I have a story. My hair comes into my journey also. Okay, so tell tell us the story of your hair because you know who you look like. Art Garfunkel. That's one. You know the, the Richard first Simmons. Before. Uh, those are the Larry top Larry from the Three Stooges. Come on, Larry oh. had the hair. Yeah, he's more receding. Well, he, yeah, he didn't have the middle, but he had, but he had the stuff on the side. All right. Okay, so tell us the story of the hair. Well, first I'll tell you, back in the seventies, people thought my dad was Richard Simmons. I mean, I mean Art Garfunkel. Art Garfunkel. <laughs> and yesterday at Trader Joe's, the guy checking me out said I looked like um, Art Garfunkel. So I still. You do have an art. You do have because your nose too. A little yeah, bit. Sometimes people I ask if art's my dad, and I'll sometimes play along and be like, yeah. <laughs> And then they don't believe me. Then you start singing Mrs. Robinson. And... I should. Yeah. That'll, that'll do it. But I moved out here with short hair. Yeah. My hair was never this long. And I was uh, thinking, it's time to get it cut. But then I had an audition that day. And I realized, oh, well, that went well. What if they call me back? So right. I should. And then I got a call back. And then I booked it. And I was like, now I'll cut it. But then I wound up with another audition. So my hair. Uh, in 2005, kept going bigger and bigger. And I, I like, saw it's really big in some of that stuff. In the beginning of Glee, you had really big. Yeah, I think probably the beginning of the second season was its biggest. It's, it's and, big. Yeah, so that was all 
just by accident, and I was very fortunate when I moved out here, like, I was able to do 14 commercials in my first year. Wow. So the hair, I had beginner's luck. Well, I don't know if it's luck. That, that's what I was going to say. I put on the thread on Facebook earlier today, like, I want to talk to you about how you did this, how you had all the success so young. One, somebody, either a fan or a friend, said he worked his ass off. Well, thank you. Except she didn't say ass. She said A, asterisk, 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 but I say ass. But Well, thank you. You know, because sometimes, and I used to, I'm not offended when people say this, but people say, oh, you're so lucky. You have a weird look. That's why you book. And that's why you work. And it's like, no, I, I've just been studying for a really long time. And I prepare. That's it. Preparation, what's luck? It's preparation meets opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. I had a friend who was recently um, doing casting for a web series he was producing, and I asked him how the auditions were going, mm -hmm. and he told me that most people were reading from the script and not memorized. Mm -hmm. And I said, that really surprises me. Um, I never go to an audition not memorized. And he said to me, well, Josh, that's probably why you book so much. And it's like, whoa. I'm surprised to hear that most people don't. That that's I think there's a fun. lot of people who get very into the party scene, mm -hmm. and there is a lot of fun parties, and I've met people who say, oh, I didn't know you had to memorize, I thought maybe just memorize for the... So I think that's what, there's so much competition, it seems like there's so many people who want to do this, mm -hmm. but I think the people who... Well, you're just idiots if you think you don't... Oh, I'm sorry. No. But that's really crazy. But I think I started out doing one or two line parts. That was parts. really mean. I'm sorry about that. I, uh, I didn't mean that. No, but if, you, if there's something and you're out here and you move out here to do something and you don't prepare, I guess it's not that... It's that word you said. It is, but it's not a nice word. But so, so what is part of your preparation? So part of your preparation is that you... You learn the lines. Best part, I'll tell you, in the, my first year when I was in this new place, if I had an audition, I would go to the audition the day before just so I knew how to get there and I wouldn't have to freak out if I'm, am I lost? Am I, I love that. So, and for probably my first six months, I, re I really did that where I would go everywhere a day early just so I could scout it out because there's nothing worse than getting to a place and wait, there's nowhere to park and I have to pay $20 to park in this garage. I don't have $20 right now because I need that for, um, for whatever. And so, and that, I think, there's so much that's out of our control. So as long as... I, I, you're onto something. Because, I love this. Because you took all of the things that you Let's had check. control over, right. that you could have power over. And the things that I have control over are, do I know my words? Am I on time? Am I prepared? The things that I'm not in control of, Maybe I look like the studio head's neighbor who he hated as a kid, and you know, and that, yeah. that it's out of my control. Or if oh. someone looks like the, the next door neighbor who they had a crush on and they want to oh. hire just for that reason, those are things out of our control. But the things that are in our control are just knowing your words, being prepared. So, every sometimes it's easy to get stressed after an audition or wonder, Am I gonna hear back? But if I know that I did everything that's in my control and you know, you can't worry about it. You know, I love that. So, so do you also factor in like how you dress and all of that? Do you? Yeah, for a, a specific auditions, they'll have kind of a, a character, and you can kind of guess from that what to do. And I've actually have a red vest that's been my lucky red vest that I've actually worn when I auditioned for Glee. I actually wear that red vest in my first Glee episode. Aww. I wore that on my first TV show I did with Tom Green. I wore that red vest. I've auditioned for a lot of things. So it's, uh, I still, I wore that red vest um, the, just a few weeks ago and I booked something that's gonna 
be in movie theaters next month. What? Is that the thing that you canceled that you had? Yes, to... so I can't say. You can't say what it but is. But it's, it's um, I could say, so it's not a movie, but it's is something it that's going to. What's that? Is it with Elton John? Uh, no. <laughs> can't say it? No, but it's something that'll play in movie theaters before the movies. Nice. Um, yeah, and yeah. Before and the... Harry, you'll get to show it because Harry is a manager at Regal, so he'll get to show it. Oh, that's very cool. So starting April 15th. Uh, so I want my red vest. Yes. Oh, is it about taxes? No, it has nothing oh, okay. to do with taxes. I wish I could say more. It's probably cool. They would, if I'm telling you, it's all promotion, but uh, yeah. NDA, yeah, non-disclosure agreement. Well, you got to honor that. Has anybody asked you to change your hair for a part? Um, I just saw pictures of Josh with straight hair, and I had no idea who you were. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would, not, I would not, even in the middle of a commercial where your hair changed, I said, who is that? Yeah, my Geico commercial, my hair gets, I'm a new Geico when I'm doing a bocce. But yeah, no, a lot, Glee was so popular that a lot of times like, oh, you look too much like your character from Glee. So I actually cut it all off. Um, and I'll show you those pictures. Oh, actually, so, I've seen a couple of those pictures where your hair is short and you look completely different there too. Yeah, so it's sometimes the business is so non-creative because there's hairstylists and wigs. Like if this is how my hair naturally looks, um, but then I'm told, oh, you have... Your hair is too specific, so that's so maddening. Have you lost parts because your hair is too specific? They, they don't tell you the reason. Right. I don't know if it's even just getting in the room, because I could just cut it. Uh, yeah, it's, that's frustrating. Yeah. But, oh, another mantra that I live by, I learned from Mr. Rocky Balboa in his sixth Rocky movie, Rocky Balboa. And we had Bert we Young. had Burt Young in the living room yesterday, Polly. So yeah. this is very fitting that we're telling you. And Rocky Balboa is one of the best movies in the series. I, I love that one. I love it. And he too. tells his son it's not how hard you can hit, it's how hard you can get hit and keep getting up. And I equate that 100% with acting or pursuing a career in the arts. So it's about rejection. I get rejected for a living. Um, oh, like, will you please talk about this because my daughter's graduating Tisch and is about to start on the road that you're on. And I'm imagining that as much as you work, there has to be way more rejections. Way more. so there's the illusion that oh, Glee, Wizards of Waverly Place, Drake and Josh, Warren the Ape. There's all these things. You're constantly on TV, but those are just those are. I got those through auditions. I go on ten times, probably way more auditions than you get parts. Um, Can so you tell us something that you wanted that you didn't get that you really wanted? I will, and I'll okay. tell. It actually has a cool story. Oh, good. It has, um, so. Uh, there was an episode of Hannah Montana that... We loved Hannah Montana. And I, it was so popular, and I used to do a lot of babysitting before I came out here. And so I was, it was extra exciting when I was on the kids' shows, because I know, knew the kids I babysit watched them. Oh. So if I could be on this Hannah Montana episode, it would be the coolest thing <laughs> ever. So I did all the things, and I prepared. I was there early. How old were you when you were doing this? For Hannah Montana, that was... I was maybe... 25. Oh, you're going to be like an older character on that show. Um, well, this was before Glee. And it was no, but I mean, because Hannah, Hannah Montana was young. So what, what was the part? Um, I, I don't want to say it was oh, an okay. episode. It was, okay. it was a really cool one. And, okay. um, and I thought I was going to, I was uh, manifesting, I was <laughs> seeing myself in that part. It was going to be so fun. And I didn't hear back at all. And I was sad. But guess what happened during the week that that Hannah Montana episode would have shot? 
I ended up auditioning for Glee. Oh, hello. And so if I did that one episode of Hannah Montana, which would have been the coolest, I would have never been able to audition for Glee. Wow. Which was life-changing. I enjoy telling that story because whenever something not good happens or a part I um, didn't get or if there's a show I did that doesn't get picked up and you're sad, okay, well now I'm available for something else that I wouldn't have otherwise. You have to find the positive, otherwise it could be just a cruel, depressing. And, and I, I love that and I really believe it to be true that we, when we don't get something, it's because it's something better. I, I was told that there were three answers to any question. Yes, not right now, something better. Mm -hmm. There's no no. I like that. Right? There's no no. And it sounds like you've got this natural positive attitude that is just part of who you are. Well, I, outside of work, I actually get rejected in real life, too. So, <laughs> so let's talk about Bumble, <laughs> No, so it's not just so I feel easy. So when I don't get a part, it's like, okay, no, I'm used to this. It's, no, but I do want to say some people just can't handle the rejection. I've been to going away parties. And it's like knowing when if I don't get a part, it's not personal. And I've learned. Wait, wait, what do you mean about going to going away parties? I'm not oh, making that, oh, 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 meaning people moved out here for acting, and they decide, oh, they give up. They give up. So there's the going away party, and they're going back home because the rejection. It is tough to take. It is. Um, some people, it's just, it is brutal, but that's why I love the Rocky thing. It's not how hard you can hit. So it's meaning it's not even how good you are. It's just how much rejection you can take, how much of a beating. And I feel like I've been pummeled to the ground, but it were feels... You, were you, um, were you like, be, were you, I mean, you went to yeshiva, so I'm imagining you weren't bullied at school. Oh, bullies are everywhere. They are, even in yeshiva? Uh, not as much there, but after that, I mean, eighth grade, where I was in yeshiva, oh. one of the worst years oh, of my life. Oh, you went to middle, regular yeah. by, by the way, for those of you who don't know, because yeshiva is a pretty specific thing, that is parochial school for Jewish children. So, um, like, what is Catholic parochial school? It's called parochial school, right? That's what it is. Yeah. Oh, and so, Jonathan Castle asks about Superman. Michael B. Jordan will be a great Superman. I sign up, yes, <laughs> and he actually suggested I could be Jimmy Olsen. Oh, yeah. you could. I'll be Jimmy Olsen. You could be Jimmy Olsen. I'll take photos for the Daily Planet. Uh, <laughs> are you into all that? Do you like... You've, oh, so you've done some, you're doing something now, a voiceover for some superhero. Well, what's the thing that you do now? Um, Star vs. the Forces of Evil. Okay, what is that? Um, that's a Disney um, animated show. Its final season is airing right now. Uh -huh. And I have a few episodes in the final season. I play Sean, who works for um, the Ministry of, High, of Magic, uh, something <laughs> very fancy. Works yeah. in the security in the Magic High Commission. And... What is I cannot pitch what that show is. It's so much, um, no idea so much it happening. Okay. But it's there's this girl star who's from this magical realm, and she's um, put on Earth to go to school. And actually, I, after doing some episodes, I went back and watched the first episode. Yeah. And I wonder if that's where Lori Laughlin got her idea, because <laughs> um, the principal of the school wasn't going to let Star in, and the, the mom paid a lot of money. Mom, yeah. Wow, and that was from a few years ago, right? Yeah. So it's in its fourth. Fourth season, well, maybe, so. maybe she did get it right. You never know. Maybe that's right. All right, so 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 you're doing plays in, in New York. How do you get your first break? What happens? Like my first play. Your first break. When, what, when do you make your first money from acting? First money. Oh, uh, it was probably a series of Target commercials. Oh, whoa, that's good. National and yeah, in 2005, it was a bunch of um, they were holiday Target commercials, which were 
fun. We did like Christmas one, Thanksgiving. Wow. With um, the Black Eyed Peas. So their music was on all of them. Not, why did I say Black Eyed Peas? No, oh, oh God, this is embarrassing. Um, um, let's was, get... No. no oh, I don't know. My, I'm, okay. I've been up since 6 a.m., but um, that's, okay. that's a really cool music group. Okay. Um, and yeah, so I started doing commercials, and then I so did now a did you did you have did you already have a commercial agent? How'd you get your first agent? Um, well, I'll tell you, I got my first manager okay. who got the agent. Um, so I used to, as I mentioned, I did babysitting. I was a summer camp counselor for many years. Uh huh. And there was a family who, when they found out I was moving here, they were like, "Oh, Josh, you're you're moving away. Well, we're family friends with someone in California. Let us introduce you." And so I called them and they're like, oh my God, you're Josh, the great babysitter. Um, oh, you're out here for acting. We're family friends with a manager. Let us introduce you. You know, and... And the reason that's a good or motivational story, I think, is when I was a summer camp counselor, there were so many other teens who did it. Their parents made them get a summer job and they were lazy or on their phones. And I became a favorite counselor amongst the kids. And even though I didn't grow up wanting to be a summer camp counselor or a babysitter, while I was there, I was the best summer, the best camp counselor I could be. And through that, I was rewarded with getting to meet my manager, who's been my manager all these years from when I got out from here From a now. connection that, you, that knew you were a great babysitter. Yes. And I loved it. I was also a camp counselor. I, I loved, and I was also... A good, a great camp counselor, and I was a great waitress when I was a waitress, and I. But I'm still doing this. But, but it's, but you know. So whatever you're doing, do the best at it you can be. I, I love that, and and I think that's really true, and I think that you're making a really good point that good attitudes, good preparation allows for the universe to mm-hmm. gift you in in. Okay, so you get this manager. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. really how you got the Target commercial? No, well, I got that through the commercial agent, which oh. he set me up on a meeting with. But before that, he submitted me for this show with Tom Green on the E Network, which oh, was my oh, first audition you? out here. I was called My Crazy Life. And the phone call came maybe an hour and a half before. So there, I actually wasn't able to do the thing where I go there early. Oh, oh, oh. But I booked my very first audition out wow. here. Wow. This is That's a sign. I, mean, I was just so eager. I just wanted it so bad. And what did you have to do for your audition? Do you remember? It was there was some improvisation. I feel like that's one of my strengths. Were you, were you trained in conservatory and improv? Yeah, that was one of our things. I performed on the Chicago City Limits stage. Nice. Um, in New York, and so I was playing Tom Green's best friend in a reenactment. So on my crazy life, they had celebrities <laughs> tell stories. And this episode, Tom Green was telling a story about when he went camping with his best friend, Derek, and I played Derek. You're, you're, well, I guess Tom isn't that much older. Well, yeah, Tom's quite a bit older than you, actually. Mm-hmm. About 10 years, probably. Yes, yeah, so this was when we were younger. Kids, I played yeah. younger, and we were on Glee. I was in high school, and I wasn't high school age. Well, that's true. So, um, it's Hollywood magic. They, yeah, he could play any age. Okay, so, so... So you came out here and the manager said yes because you had all these great referrals and he liked you. Mm-hmm. Have yeah, you we seen any of your work? Um, no, there really wasn't anything on camera to see at that point. So no, we, I did make a reel actually. Okay. And um, just from, from, stuff at conservatory? from some of the stuff there and it wasn't really shot well in a student film. 
So, but then we met, and I think sometimes when you meet someone and you know, okay, they were in school for two years, they were studying all this, he has a really fun, unique personality. Right. Okay, let's try this out. Let's experiment. Was he a big manager, successful? Yeah, he's, um, I, I mean, he was, he's been doing other things. He worked, he's been working in the industry and other things. So that was, I mean, I don't know how early in his managerial career that was, but no, he's had but he's lots had, of successful clients, right. series regulars, and lots of, and even more right now. Very yeah, a nice cool. roster that I'm happy to be a part of. <laughs> Very cool. So, so he says yes to you. He says, let's give this a shot. Yeah, then after I book some things, he goes, let's get you a commercial agent. He sets me up at a meeting with a commercial agency, and they like me, and I just started booking commercials. Oh, that's so great. And I did. Were you did you do commercial training as yeah, well? Yeah, in our two-year school, um, there was a whole course just on commercials where we read commercial copy. And so we were so, pre I was so prepared being in an audition situation because mm. in the two-year school, uh, so when I, when when I started doing auditions. When did you intern for the casting director? At what stage? During the two-year school. Okay, so that was great. So that was part of my schooling. So by the time I was at auditions here, I felt so well prepared because... Do you get nervous at auditions? Uh, I think he has natural like jitters. But now I, I mean, always I think there's a. Do you go in there like I'm gonna kill? The, like, do you are you excited to get into the room? Yeah, I'm always excited, but sometimes what kills it is when you see someone in the waiting room, and it's like, uh, oh, they're there. And sometimes it really could put a damper. You mean it's uh, like somebody who might have gotten a job that you wanted? Oh no, it's someone who I recognize from film or TV. I see. But one of the first one it was Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, mm -hmm. and then there was a guy who's been in who I grew up watching in movies. He was oh, at wow. the audition, and then I got that. And Wizards of Waverly Place. There was a very established Disney Channel star, and so it's kind of very intimidating. It excites you out a little bit. A little bit, but now I realize that that doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. The thing that I did recently. Um, there, there was a situation where I thought I had a great audition and I walked out, I, there was a fellow who just gets everything and I was like, <laughs> yeah, but you really can't pay attention to that, it's not healthy, just, uh, I'm my own unique person and I think honestly with commercials, um, when, if I get a commercial, I'm very fortunate, but if they see 20 people, any of us would have done this equally good job. Like maybe we would all be slightly different or do different things. So it depends what they're looking for. Okay, so how do you, you have a great attitude. When you find out you didn't get something or when you don't get the call, do you, because you seem like you have a great attitude. I mean, do you get down about it or are you able to just kind of roll with it? It does, it does suck. Yeah. But it's, you know, you got to move on. And right now I think I've got really good and after an audition, just forgetting about it. Because I used to obsess and just wait for the phone to ring. Okay, so how do you do that? So how, so you walk out of an audition, how do you let go? What do you do? And it's so hard, because I give people this advice, and I realize it's way easier said than done. Yes. Um, and it just took, honestly, years of practice of realizing that knowing it's not personal, I did my best, and I, I used to have a lot more just depression and unhappiness when I wasn't working. And this was even during the time of Glee, because as a recurring student on Glee, I would wait for the phone to ring and knowing they might call me, I might be in two episodes in a row, or there could be 10 episodes where I'm not. So right now, because there isn't a Glee, so I'm not, I don't have anything as cool as that, but I feel like I'm happier and more content now because being depressed or being sad 
it doesn't accomplish anything. And so you're just trying to surround yourself with good people, have activities to do. So even though I, when I'm not working as much as I want, I'm happy I'm doing things. You're keeping your life busy. That so, I love. So what else do you love to do that you're doing in your life when you're not acting? I love watching movies and television. Yes! There's not enough time. Like, almost... <laughs> Have you seen the new Amy Schumer special, by the way? It's on my queue. I gotta tell you. I, I mean, I didn't like the last one very much. I have... I was laughing out loud so much, this brand new one. So what have you watched recently that like rocked your world? Um, Russian Doll is really good. I heard. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. That's really good. I just started After Life. I watched the first three episodes I heard that so far. Really, I haven't done so that yet I'm either. halfway through. There's three episodes. Okay. And sometimes it's all. It becomes a blur. But what I watched on Amazon, The Greasy Strangler. Oh, I don't even which, know about that. It's this very weird movie, but I watched it four times now. <laughs> and if you have Amazon, I loved it really? so much. It's, yeah, you okay. you're probably gonna think I'm a weirdo. Did for... you see us yet? My kids are like, yeah. Did you like it? I didn't love it, but I there's Did a it lot scare of scare you. Yes, it was. I was scared. Yeah, Samantha like wouldn't go to sleep last night because she saw it. <laughs> yeah, it's scary. Yeah, no, it's scary. It, oh yeah, it was fun. I wouldn't. It's not gonna be like a best picture. It's not. It's not like Get Out for you. Did you like Get Out? Yeah, no, that I was. Love, yeah, that I was great. Yeah. But I saw that it feels. Oh, nice. <laughs> Get out. And, and, and the street in, the street at the beginning looked just like Phil Street. I thought I thought like he was showing us something that was happening live. It was weird. Oh, anyway, that's, that's fun. That's yeah. creepy. When, they, when he puts them in the trunk of the car, it looked exactly like Phil Street. It was weird. Did, did you ask if it was? I, I asked Phil. I said, is, is that, did you just do that outside? Anyway. And Dumbo. I'm so excited for Dumbo. Really? Like Tim Burton. Um, I'm not a yeah. I'm a Disney fan. I think yeah, I'm hearing good things. I think. Okay, good. Oh, and I saw Shaz a sneak early screening of Shazam, which was actually really fun. I don't even know what that is. Uh, Zachary Levi. It's a DC comic. Oh yeah, that's. Movie like that. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm, yeah, I'm old and Jewish and a woman, and I don't watch that. Hey, yeah, we have a request. Yes. Somebody would like Josh. Well, first of all, somebody is saying that Vicky is hot. Awesome. Thank you. And, uh, I think this is the first time I'm actually getting accolades, and nobody's even seeing me. Pete, Pete, come, 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 show yourself. So right. that come, come, show yourself. Pull that chair, and come, come, come into the scene for a minute. This is Pete George, everybody. Hey, it's Pete, Pete George. Pete George. Pete, Pete is a rock and roll comedian. He's a stand-up comic, and he plays guitar also. Pete, where are you going to be? Uh, Avi Casino in Laughlin next Thursday, next Friday, and then uh, uh, a new club in Temecula. I've just got a couple dates right now, but things are going to start popping up quickly. They are. And uh, do you like Josh's attitude? I love Josh. I... This is awesome. Yeah. And, I, and I get the whole auditioning thing. I One time I had an audition. This is true. I had to take all my clothes off except my underwear, mm -hmm. and it was for a voiceover. <laughs> Pete! Stop! No, it's okay. We're dating now. Was it for Heartbeat? Hey! <laughs> Somebody would like you to sell us the uh, cookies as an audition. Oh. Oh. I don't know if I want it's to. It's chocolate one. <laughs> no, I, I no. have to audition. I don't want to no, audition. Want to. I take. No. I do enough auditions. Yeah, yeah. What if this was your own spot and you were actually doing it to promote cookies? Oh, no, I'm on no. the spot. I didn't get to rehearsal. I am no. on the spot, but um, these do look really good. Um, and I can see there's blueberries, which are high in fiber, rich in antioxidants. <laughs> I can never have enough antioxidants because that helps cure cancer and other things. So, and that is like a fruit preserve. So you, you, now, come on. You have to know what this is. Is it a hummus? It's a hummus. 
montage. That's a home montage. Because it was just Purim. Yeah, I had three of those before we started. That's why there's only one left of these delicious chocolatey chips. Uh huh. Mm. Oh, it smells good and chocolatey. Okay, now um, that you own that one now. now. I own this camera. one. Have you to eat it on eat, camera? Have, yeah. No, but you have to oh. eat it at some point. See, there you go. Awesome. Yeah. Oh. Awesome. We just so, hooked him on so, this commercial. So now that he's got food in his mouth, so I'm going to let you talk mm. for like 30 seconds and then I'm going to send you I back there. What talk about? So what do you want to talk about? Uh, you know, I don't my, my, I had the most amazing time here with my daughter last week. She was in L.A. for a week and it was incredible. It, Hope George, hi, shout out. Wait, we have to do a shout out to Hope on Hope the air. George. Hope, hey. Hope was really upset when she was here last week. Steve Ferroni, the, one of the greatest rock and roll drummers of all time, part of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers all those years, played in, in Average White Band, played with Eric Clapton. No, Hope was upset because Josh wasn't here. Yeah, so there you go. Well, I'm sad that you're not Hope here. Hope that you're not here. <laughs> yeah, I think you not being here is like a broken pencil. <laughs> Pointless. <laughs> there you go. And hopeless. hopeless. Yeah. And hopeless. Literally hopeless. <laughs> okay. All right, Pete. I'm sending you back. Bye, guys. All right. Take your chair. Okay. Who is that? Go George. Pete George. Pete George. Pete George. Pete George. Pete George. Pete George. We love it. See, it's delayed, so he's still in the picture. The rockstarofcomedy.com website. The rockstar. Okay. Rockstarofcomedy.com website. So, Pete, tell us if any more questions. Uh, um, who was it that said I was hot? Is it anybody I want to meet? So we, we started to talk about Bumble, so now I have a mouthful. I can't do this to you. Pete, have you been on any of those sites? Bumble, Tinder, any of that? I have. You, you have? I'm, I'm totally off of everything now. Have you ha did you, so I guess you didn't have great luck. I didn't. I didn't have much luck at all. So. Okay, so while you're, you're chewing, I'm just going to tell you that I am currently writing a screenplay with a failed Tinder romantic partner about our failed Tinder romance. Oh. And it's hysterically funny. It wasn't funny at the time when I was living through it, but it's very funny now. Okay. Yes, it's very funny. Oh, so, that book is on pre-sale, swipe right <laughs> to add that to your shopping cart. I right? can't tell you the name or I'd have to kill you, but it's very funny. This also. was my profile picture I used. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> Can you, guys, can you guys see that? So, That's, isn't that attractive? Do you want to show us your Bumble um, I do not. Okay. Um, but. <laughs> so tell us, your tell us a Bumble story that you can tell, that you won't feel bad. I, I think there's nothing wrong with that story. Okay. Uh, I, I've felt self-conscious even getting on any of the sites, but I want to meet someone nice. I am. Okay, now wait. So I wait, wait, wait. Before you get to your Bumble story, here you are. You have celebrity. You're, wor you're a working actor. You have success. It's still hard. Please tell the rest of us that it's not just us that have trouble meeting people. Oh, it's tough. I feel like especially in this town. This t every, it, everybody's too cool for the room, I think. I don't know. But yeah, it's tough. Even on the app. So I, I tried. I, I joined Bumble. How long um, this isn't a promotion. I, who knows? I mean, have you been on there for a while? Yeah. I've, have you gone on some dates? Not a lot. Um, some. Okay. I, I don't. Even though I have it, I really don't like it. I'd rather meet someone in real Me life. Too. I like real life better. I think I do better in real life. Because I'm also, I'm not a great texter. And it's so, but I get, and then it's weird. You get judged. And I real, I'd rather just skip right to the meeting. But then, even if we match, do you think that means it's time to meet? But you have to have the small talk. And it's just very awkward. I don't know what to say in it. So, but I, I matched with this nice girl. Well, see, on Bumble, though, the, women, the woman has to write first. Yes. So you have that advantage. Because you can, by the way, you can jump right to, I'd love to, I, I'm on Bumble, I have to write first, which I don't like. What's but, your opening message usually? 
it's really hard because I'm also on Tinder where the guy has to go for it. Where the guy, they don't have to, but I won't write them first. Mm -hmm. But my opening line, I have literally, I, I'm a very reluctant right swiper. I very rarely swipe right. So if I do, mm -hmm. and then I lose them because my initial reach out is, is not good. Mm -hmm. So it's like, so what do you say? So what impresses you when a woman writes you? Like, what, what do you like? Well, not hey. <laughs> hey is the worst opening. Or like uh, doing anything cool this weekend. That's my least favorite thing in the world. Mm -hmm. Doing anything cool? Yeah. Or so I do, because I mentioned I'm a big Disney fan or Disneyland fan. So they ask, oh, do you have a Disney pass? Like That's a good thing to say. Like, or I like that picture where, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough. I don't know. It's actually an do awkward. Do you judge somebody by what they write to you? Or or are you yeah. going to give them a pass on that? I give a, I give a pass. And I think sometimes, and girls have told me, that they'll you just write the hey so that the guy has to come up just yeah. to overpass that. So, so if you, somebody just writes you hey, but you're intrigued by her, you'll write her back? Yeah. Or do you not? No, I will, because mat yeah. the matches are few and far between. Yeah. I'll, I mean, I'm not as, I don't have as much discretion as you. I might swipe a thousand times and no, get no matches. So that could actually... Okay, so guys tell me that they don't even look at the pictures. They just match with everybody, and then when they match, they look at the... Do you do that? It is true. Oh, no, Josh! Well, well when, you, when you're swiping, and you're looking, and then getting no match, and sometimes it would, honest, it would be get depressing, because oh. I would see a profile, and I'm like, oh, she looks really nice. I love her interest. I can't wait to know her. I think I love her already. I can see this... Is she going to be my wife? Like, this is wife material. And then... I swipe and never hear anything. And so, and, and then it gets kind of sad to then read all the profiles and then see all the potential. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so then once you match, you go look. Yeah, and sometimes it's like, oh, oh. <laughs> so, so sometimes somebody, you'll match with somebody, they write you the note and then you, you, you ghost them? <laughs> I just wrote an article about that, about ghosting. Um, you do. Sometimes, well, within 24 hours, if I don't reply within 24 hours, it does disappear. That's right. And sometimes I just don't you just I get too busy to write yeah. back if it's realizing <laughs> I didn't mean to match. Okay, so tell us your the, the Bumble story that, that, that I, I really don't think there's anything wrong no, with it. No, it's not anything wrong. It's just made, it's made me feel weird. So I matched with the nice girl. Um, hello, if you're watching. <laughs> um, she and asked me some good get-to-know-you questions. What do you do for a living? And I was, I was vague, because I don't want to talk about being on the shows. Yeah. So I was vague. I said, oh, I, I work in entertainment. And I asked, what do you do? And she tells me what she does. And, oh, that's cool. What do you do in entertainment? I said, I'm an actor. And she's like, oh, that's really neat. Um, and so we met. And after seeing her Instagram profile, there's pictures with a bunch of Glee people and fan pictures, which, so that's So fine. in so other words, she knew exactly who you were when she met Right, you. and I do, and I want to say, I understand not wanting to seem like a fan, fan like a fan, so not wanting to, but then it left me with bad feelings of it just didn't feel honest, because when, when you have those certain pictures, you clearly love the show, and your profile picture is from something that's over five years old, and if that's your profile, you love the show. And I feel bad, like, I don't want to seem like I have an ego, like, oh, you know who I am, but it's, it okay, felt but dishonest. Is, but is it possible, Josh, that she genuinely wanted to go out with you because she really liked you, and she didn't want 
you to know that she was a big Lee fan because she thought maybe that would turn you off. It, maybe that's yeah, possible. Yeah, so I understand that, but it's still at the end of it. Yeah. When your first impressions are so important, it felt dishonest. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, she's a very nice girl. So how about if, if so how about like, I have no problem if someone knows who knows that I'm on the show, that's not a problem because that's my real life. I am on the show. So in other words, if somebody matches with you on Bumble, now, you know, Josh, we could be, I, I, I told <laughs> I lean very young. So it would be possible that, I that, swipe that, right. that, that <laughs> we could swipe. Somebody just said so, that. We what? all swipe right on Vicky. Right. So I set, I set my mileage to less than one to one mile, and I'll, I'll find you. <laughs> so and you have to you have to set it to infinity on the age. That's the only thing you have to go really. You have to go ninety nine plus. But so if we matched, and, and I said to you the first thing, I love you. I loved you on the way. Is that does that does that bother you? Is that okay? It doesn't bother me. That's okay. okay. That's now some people would tell me. Oh, that person's probably just going out with you because you're on the show. Oh, and my answer, I would equate that to be like if you're meeting someone at a bar and you're first attracted to someone because they have really good model looks. They look like a model. So instead of having the traditional Abercrombie looks, I have I was being on a show. So that was the attractive thing. So from from there, they start talking to me for that reason. But then hopefully they get to know you and like. There's no second date just because you are who you are. Well, I shouldn't say that. There are people who are opportunists. Right. But I would think you would know the difference when you're talking to somebody one-to-one -one if they really like you. Yeah. And so that's, so I haven't really, I don't know. There's been no success from Bumble? There was, a, I had a fun story, like, not recently. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Oh, it's not, it's not even, a, it's, I don't know if it's appropriate for the podcast. Everything is appropriate for this podcast. Well, I don't know. I, I have, might have family watching. Oh, okay. But I guess it was a, I had a successful Bumble date. Okay. Um, That's called a hookup. I, I didn't, he didn't say that. I said it, and it's an assumption, and it could be completely incorrect. Right. But it was fun. It's, I, yeah, I don't know. There's, I, I really, I do want to meet someone nice. Okay, and, so the reason that I got on the apps was because my therapist, because I'm Jewish, of course, I have a therapist, said to me, I wanted to meet somebody in real life, and I wasn't, because everybody's too cool for the room in this town. Either they're already coupled up, or they're just too cool. And so she said, go on the apps, and it tells the universe that you're available. Mm -hmm. And so what actually happened, I, I was on the apps for like four years, having really bad luck, like really bad luck, meeting just the wrong, you know, and I had a couple of things that like lasted a little bit of time, but... I just wasn't meeting the person. Yeah. And what ended up happening after four years, I actually met somebody in real life. Oh, where did you meet them? Um, I, 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 I'm not so, so I've now become, I have, I have told everything about my private life, unlike you, in my book, mm -hmm. on, on my, my show, at Women Who Write, I constantly, I write about it at the Huffington Post, I've written about it all over the, all over sites, and now I finally have decided to keep my mouth shut because I have driven every man away that I've ever dated because I write about them and they I they don't like that. Okay, so, so you're I protecting this. so I protect this person and I I no longer talk about that part of my life. So even if I wanted to swipe right, you're taking <laughs> a tease. I, I, I'm still on the apps and I have to say that when I'm standing in line, I'm still swiping. And and I okay. How, if he how would he feel? If he, he knows. Was, I'm totally honest. So you so you're not in a committed relationship. Well, I there you know it's it's a it's oh, yeah. uh, I, no I, so I I, I don't know that. so 
No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not dating anymore. Okay. I. I. I, I but I am available for friendship. So I tell people if they swipe on me that I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not romantically available. But I love to go. I see to movies and restaurants and run around. When I see on a profile here for friendship, well, that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying to make more friends. See, I I like that. I like to have I like to have a lot of people to run around with because I go to screenings all the time. You yeah. know, stuff like that. And it's it's nice to have a lot of people to choose from to go because sometimes P can't go. I take P to a lot of stuff. You do? And yeah. Really? We're going to something on Saturday night. We're going to two parties on Saturday where? night. Where? You don't act like you don't know. Well, I know you didn't tell me where. Well, I'm not going to do it on the air. We're going to two gay parties actually, a male gay party and a female gay party. Yeah, we're going to my lesbians party and we're going to to my friend, my other friends. So it's a mixed lunch. It's a excellent. Mi- <laughs> okay, well, that's fine. It's a mixed bag, but but I like to have people to run around with. Well, I met someone in real life and I thought they were nice and we got together for coffee and I thought we were having such a fun time and we were vibing, we were making each other laugh. Yeah. And then she was like, Josh, you're like my long lost brother. Oh no. My heart broke in half. Like, you know, but but you know what? If you stick with that, there are times when I have been friends with a guy for like a year or two, and then I fall madly in love with him. It's mm-hmm. happened to me twice. Okay. With like a like a friend. That was a long game. <laughs> you gotta have your long game on for that one. But you know, it happens sometimes. You, yeah. You know, all of a sudden, one day, you know, one day if you just like kiss her, you could change everything. Well, now it's making it. It's, I'm a little scared even flirting just because people right now, I don't want to offend anyone. And with kissing, here's a question. What's, okay. Um, usually you're told you don't, it's not sexy to ask. Never ask. Okay, okay, that's, that's great. But now, um, I think in today's culture where everyone's so much aware, like you're hearing about, in some Me Too stories, where he kissed me or he gave me an unwanted kiss. Okay. So there it's tricky. And I haven't even, I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. And I think if we were feeling a moment and I went in to kiss you and you didn't want to, I would see that and I would yes. pull away. Yes. But now I have, you, there are stories of people complaining about kisses and then it's hurting. Okay. So that's where it's tricky. And like you said, never ask. Okay, here's the thing. I, I, had, I had the experience in, in one week where the same guy first asked me for a kiss I said, please don't do that. That's really weird. And then, like, on the next date, he just took a kiss, and I didn't want to kiss him. So both things, you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. It's for a guy, it's a really, what's the right thing? So I think what the right thing is. is I think if you're feeling it, if there's a vibe you know. You just keep leaning in closer. You just keep leaning in closer. And if she's backing up, she doesn't want the kiss. And I surveyed, and I've asked a lot of people. You and I will, surveyed. And I, I, a lot of, um, I will say, younger girls love the idea of being asked. And really? I think because they're so woke, um, that's the term for them being aware of socially of what's w- going woke on. Woke is a word? Woke, yeah, it's the science, meaning they're... Did you know this, Pete? I know what it is, but it's not really what they think it is. They think that's what it is, but it's actually not. It's what? just creating a new context and a way to think that they think is woke, but it's actually not. Okay, Does I don't even know sense? what you just... No, I have no idea what you just Got said. It. But they want... Okay, but they... I noticed the young girls, they love that. They're like, yeah, oh, you'll make deaf ask. You would, you know, that, that's sexy if you ask. So it's just such a mixed bag where there's lots of then girls. What is a sexy way to ask for a kiss? I want to hear what that is. 
No, they're saying just being asked because you're taking their feelings into consideration because all day long, maybe guys are catcalling them and they feel what, sexually assaulted. What, what if you try this? What, what about, now if a guy said to me, I would love to kiss you right now. The reaction that I would have if I was into it, mm -hmm. I would lean into that, right? I would right. be like, oh really? I would flirt, right? I, yeah. If I'm into it, I would flirt. Oh, really? You would love to do that, really, would you? Now, if it's somebody that I don't well, like... It's so easy by the signals, because sometimes it's hard to read signals, and the way Vicky just leaned in, that would be so... But, 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 but I think you I can invite... I such mixed signals But you can something. invite a signal, right? If you say, I think you are gorgeous, and I would... I can't stop thinking about kissing you right now. And if, I'm sorry, but if the girl's not into it, she's not going like this, right? right? She's, she's going, oh, really? Oh, I don't see you that way. I yes. guess she shut it down. She's gonna shut it down. So this way you're not asking, but you're making it clear what you'd really like to do. And I think the girl's gonna give you the next signal. Okay. I, 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 I say, would you please do that and report back? I will, I will, oh, I will oh. report. It's gotten so confusing. What? It's just gotten so confusing. It's gotten confusing. Yeah. Well, the me too thing. So I want to be gotten... a respectful gentleman, and that's I... how I want to live my life. And I love that. But at the same time, if a guy takes too long to get to it, I'm getting, I'm like, come on, mm -hmm. come on. But as a respectful on. gentleman, I got criticized for holding the door open or opening the car door. Oh, come on. And so no, I, I want a guy to walk on the outside of the street. I want a guy to open the car door. Mm -hmm. I, I love all that. So that's mm -hmm. the thing. You don't know what kind of Do you person pay when you invite a girl mm -hmm. for a date? Yes. Thank God. Maybe you should open the trunk for her. <laughs> Maybe what? that's the kind of girl you want. I don't know. Hey, do me a favor. Um, don't tell Vicky. I don't know what, what's... I just saw Don't Tell Vicky on here. Pete, does anybody have any questions Wait, for Josh? But someone said you need a fast girl. Who said you need you need a fast girl, Josh. That's Peg. Hi, Peg. You do. You need a fast girl who's gonna just jump on you and kiss uh, you. I love when the girl makes the first move. Do you? Okay, so let's talk about that. Do you? It takes a while to guesswork. Okay, but if you don't, what if you're not into the girl? Um, Has that happened? Yes. And so, what do you do? Um, okay. We're men. We're into well, it. Well, no, yeah, no, we'll go along with it, but I don't really pursue a second. Date. Okay. Um, no, it's the type of thing where sometimes you. I've been in. I've been in the friend zone so many times where there's some girls that I would. They would tell me that they love me, but as a best friend and for so long, and it was when I would put my feelings out there, it didn't always go the way I want. So then, when a girl does make the first move or initiate in some way, it is, and hopefully I really do like her. A lot of the times, that's the case. That it is such a relief, and I didn't have to. And hopefully, I'm putting it out the way I'm treating her. That hopefully she knows. I think there's a lot That's of tricky. ways to let uh, to let a girl, a woman, know that you're interested. And leaning in in any fashion with with your with your words or your body is everything. Mm -hmm. Because body language just says it all. Because let, 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 let's look at what I'm saying, Aerith. But I mean, if if I'm like on a, on a date with somebody and I'm not interested, right? I'm like this. I'm leaning back. I'm physically leaning back. I'm closed. I'm doing this. Well, I've had some like type of girls where it's very touchy feely, holding hands. If they touch, I'm. S I don't care what they say. They're into you. Well, oh, I had a no. very confusing situation no. if, a year if, ago. If, so if, what happened? Okay, so you relate. The same thing. I've had women like, oh, I mean, really flirting and touching me, and then you know, nothing. And then they shut it down when yeah, you try and kiss them. Yeah, just nothing. Yeah. 
That's weird. Because too. I had the touching, but not enough, not leaning forward, not enough to go off and make a, an educated guess. I don't have enough, even though there's even been sometimes just flirty comments and it's... What, 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 okay, so what if you start leaning in and you just like inch and you just kind of inch, inch, inch and see what's happening. Keep, keep like just judging the moment. Okay, is she, is she leaning in? Is she leaning yeah. back? Is she... I don't know. It's tough. It's a tough. Yeah. I don't know. So what about you... what about untying her first? <laughs> That's a good sign, and then she'll know you're into it. Okay. Somebody somebody wants to know if you found a romance on set. If I found romance on set. Ooh. Um. Well, I had for a day. I was fake engaged to Heather Morris uh, during <laughs> season one of Glee, um, and I took as it was on the Tropicana orange juice. There was a ring when you open up the orange juice and I um well if I had that I set up right, a the plastic thing yeah. Right, yeah so I but I set up a trail of Hershey kisses um and oh. I led Heather down um the trail of Hershey kisses and I said now that I have kissed the ground on which you walk um and we were just hey this is good guys remember this because we and we were just joking or just pretending right. that we were gonna get married this was from the first season before the show even aired and then as a joke on Facebook, um, I just got engaged, and I didn't think of anything in the morning. I woke up to all these congratulatory oh. messages, and I quickly shut it off, but it was just a, yeah. So that wasn't a real romance. Um, I did a short film where I met a, a girl who I went out with for I a saw while. I saw like a, um, on, on, I Google imaged you when I was trying to grab pictures for the show, and there was one, girl who was in a lot of pictures with you. Uh-huh. That was probably my girlfriend of four years who I mean, were very, were the most functional broken up couple or great friends. Are you really? Yeah. So how did you meet her? Uh, we met her, I met her at a movie premiere. Um, that is she an my, actress? Um, she is. She's not doing that right now. Okay. But she was in Tangerine also. Oh, nice. And she... But Patrick Gallagher from Glee, who played Coach Kentanaka, he was friends with me, and he was friends with her, and he had a movie premiere, and he invited both of us, and we started hanging out. So how did that, how did that meet? Like, what was the successful meet in real life with her? Um, I was in a very bad situation with another girl, Ooh. and I was wanting to meet someone nice. So in this situation, this isn't going well. Did you have the bad girlfriend with you? She was not with me there, okay. and so I was on the prowl, ready, <laughs> and she wasn't, so just to be clear, this other girl wasn't my girlfriend, she didn't okay. have the title of girlfriend, yeah. even though it's in my heart, she did, <laughs> but it wasn't mm. that, and it was uh, catching this girl a lot of lies, mm. so I was, I need to meet someone else, so I met this girl. So did you like see her across a crowded room, like how did it happen? Well, I met her apparently five times before that, and oh. I didn't even remember. Oh no, that's terrible. And I guess that, that is when you don't remember someone that terrible. makes it more intriguing, like why doesn't this guy with the curly hair remember me? <laughs> so, no, but then I wasn't ready then to meet, or I wasn't. Okay. But when we did, we just started talking, we went out to eat afterwards, we made plans to go hiking a few days later. It was just one of those things that was meant to be. Yeah, it was great. I um, like that. No, but then at the end, she um, did initiate a first kiss type situation, which is, I, I think I've had more situations where I've been initiated upon. Um, ah. So 
That sure makes it easier, doesn't it? It, it really does. It's <laughs> we the, appreciate that. Look, huh? I think because so long was just being in the friend that the friend zone was a terrible zone. So, 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 women. What I'm saying is, I think what we're learning here is initiate the first kiss, so a man doesn't have to guess if he's going too far or not going far enough. I guess we got to step up and we got to initiate. See, I, I won't do that. Marianne yeah. Williamson said that. However, a relationship starts is how it's going to finish. So, if a if if a woman is the initiator, she's going to be that through the whole relationship. And I don't want to be that. I want to be the right. girl in the relationship. Oh, I took charge. Once you have, once you yeah. know, yeah. Um, I don't want to say that sounds like um, uh, being like a, ma a toxic masculine male. I took charge. <laughs> no, not like that. Okay, so now let's get back to career. We've talked. We've talked love and romance for a long time. Let's get back. I have. I have a glee habit. Um, okay, so I we told the Hannah Montana story where I. Okay, um, did we get the whole story? Yeah, you know, the story that? was where I ended up auditioning during the week. I would have shot the Hannah. Oh right. Okay. I got, so I got, it was an audition. For just another show. Now, what stage of your career were you? You'd already did Josh and Drake. You'd already done uh, Wizards of Waverly Place. Place. So you had like a reputation in the business already. Well, I don't know if people knew me at that point, but I was a recognizable face for sure. It wasn't right. until after Glee that people or strangers knew my name. Right. Uh, so Glee changed that. But with Glee, it was. Uh, now, did you have any idea when you were going to the audition that this was going to be. No clue. Um, the show, so my audition was for the second episode. Okay, and what, what was your, like, call sheet? What, 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 what were they, not call so, sheet? So originally the character, was, before I was Jacob Ben Israel, my original name was Randy Henkis. Oh. And so I was a horny teenager. <laughs> and so I guess that's why it was Randy. Um, and <laughs> that's I was, funny. And I was in the celibacy club. Um, it was just a few lines. Um, now there's a lot of been actors. So you're going in for a one-shot For deal. a one-episode. Oh, okay. And it was a one-episode co-star. Uh, so there's guest star and co-star. Guest star is better. That's where your name is in the front of the credits. Okay. Co-star is where your name's at the end of the credits. So it's uh, a lower tier. Uh-huh. And a lot of some, a lot of actors who, oh, I don't audition for co-stars. But for me, and a lot of the things from Drake and Josh, Wizards of Waverly Place, I was hired for just one episode. And, then you and through. So I felt like I snuck in in small ways. So in Glee, I was hired for one episode. And on the spot, on my first day, Ryan Murphy gave me more to do and gave me more lines, um, and he told me to say to Leah Michelle's Rachel Berry, you enchant me. Uh, and so that wasn't scripted, and I told her you enchant me. Wait, 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 you, wait, he told you to say it, or you came up with no, it? No, he told me, that he was, told you that to was say a Ryan Murphy line on the spot. Oh, nice. I, during the rehearsal, I was just giving her looks like, oh, she's so lovely, <laughs> and he just came up with it and said, tell her to say you enchant me, and that's in the show. And wow. Then, um, Rachel's talking about how girls want sex just as much as boys do, and then I say, is that accurate? <laughs> and that was a Ryan Murphy line that he wasn't in the script that he added. So he was so, Ryan was so generous to me. Wow. And by giving me more stuff, and then I was invited for a second day of that same episode just during one of their concerts where they did push it, and I was just in the audience and I cheered. <laughs> and during that day, Ryan told me, oh, if you, when you see another script, instead of Randy, you're gonna be Jacob. But when I was doing it, people ask what I'm doing. Um, I'm saying the show Glee. What, well, it's like maybe a high school musical. It's about a high school Glee club. It, it was just another job. It didn't sound like anything that would be a mega And hit. when you were on the set, it, you, it didn't have a vibe. Oh, this is going to be like a hit. You hope so. But um, until I saw a first, I became such a fan. Until like, I saw a pilot, you have, you have no idea. Right. It's just, I like my stuff. I have fun stuff to do. I was 
glad they kept like of the first 13 episodes we did before that they did was in five of them that's so and it was fun i only had the scripts for the ones i was in right so it was like a miss it was a mystery so that when i was watching the show i was because Quinn was pregnant, and I didn't know who the dad was, and I was right. like, "Oh, that's how it was." Puck got her pregnant, and it was so it was a so mystery. So you became a fan of the show. I as became well. such a fan, and because I only knew certain parts, it was fun, like unraveling a puzzle, and when it started getting great reviews right away, and and I got nominated for a SAG award for best ensemble. That's so. And that was just the craziest. That's so exciting. Thing, and then. What a sad award! It's so fast, like is this real life? And some of it's so surreal. And so, and now the first season happens. All this success happens to Glee. When does that impact your life? Uh, practically, well, okay, it probably didn't impact my life until that first award season. Though, okay, so it started in September '09. In October 09, a month after it's airing, for the first time I went from friend zone to, <laughs> to romance. And sometimes that can kind of mess with your head. Uh -huh. But then also at the same time, I think you have more conf I had more confidence. And confidence, I've learned, is very attractive. So I don't want to. Okay, very attractive, not only in romance, but in getting parts. I mean, yes. I, that works for you for everything. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you had that in the rooms auditioning before you had it in romance, it sounds like. Yeah, and then, but because, so in November of 09, when Glee was a huge hit, it was this, right. the, the, the biggest thing there was, I got an audition for this MTV puppet show, which I was thinking MTV's probably crap television. I am. And so that's the turned out to be War and the Ape, which I ended, which up, ended up becoming my thing. favorite thing. But when I auditioned for it, I really wasn't as enthusiastic. And sometimes they say you get the things you don't care mm, right. about. Right. Because you throw it away. You don't, yeah. But it was through and doing that show where I met the people who made Tangerine and Starlet. Okay, so how did Tangerine happen? Chris. Berg, Chris Burgosh. Burgosh. Hey, Chris, if you're watching. So, hi, Chris. So, Chris is lovely, and Chris has done this show when it was called The Rotaken, actually, I think, at that time. And um, I met Chris at, at Phil Rosenthal's at a movie night, because he... Screened for yeah, project, we, which he wrote and produced. Which was amazing. And so, how did, uh, um, how did, how did, how did that happen for you? How did that association happen? Um, Tangerine. Okay, so I was in there. They did a movie for Starlet, and it was... I, I did. I became friends with them. I knew I did but good work did on War get, and the how Ape. How did you get on Starlet? Um, because it was the same people who made War and the Ape. It was Sean Baker and Chris Bergash. Oh, I didn't know Chris Bergash was, was uh, War and the. Ape. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's oh. where. Yeah, so Chris wrote on War and the Ape. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's how that connection. So. And so Tangerine, they shot. And Sean Baker, who directed Tangerine, was a co-creator with Dan Milano and Spencer Chenoy on War and the Ape. There you go. And and they also did the Florida Project. And they did Florida Project. And and they shot Tangerine, as I, I've been told, on five iPhone 5s. 5s, yes. Yeah, on 5s. They shot that entire movie, which is crazy. So now, okay, so, so you get the movie. Yeah. Now tell us about the scene that you shot, Josh. Okay, so we shot... must have made your mother so proud. Who knows if she even... Uh, oh, I uh, hope not. Um, so we shot Tangerine in January 2014, and um, I have a scene with Chris 
um, and we're two drunk passengers in the back of the cab, and Rasmus' cab, who he's just having a bad day, and I, I have too much to drink, and I throw up all over the cab, all over Chris. Now, as a all over Chris. As a responsible writer producer, Chris knows we can't ask an actor to do this. So um, Chris was okay. I'll I'll do it. He took some Nyquil to make himself not have to be too conscious or aware while vomit is being expelled all over his face. <laughs> How did you do that? And because you told me it wasn't fake, you told no, me. No, that was all real. Um, so when you drink too much alcohol. Um, you're poisoning yourself and our human bodies are so cool that the human body does make you want to throw up to project out these poisons, these toxins. Um, but a week earlier, I had a birthday party. And when it's your birthday, everyone buys you drinks and cocktails. And so I had nine drinks and then we went to Bob's Big Boy, as you do, and I had pancakes. And when I threw up later, I realized with the syrup in my pancakes, my vomit actually tastes delicious. I know that sounds gross. So I'm like, I'm gonna create this concoction for tangerine. So I, in the morning I had a friend drive me to the Griddle Cafe where I got some pancakes. Oh, I know where the Griddle, yeah. And, but I had champagne, vodka. And so I, before my friend picked me up, I was doing shots. So I was so drunk. And then I was drinking there. Then I brought a flask with me, just filled with tequila. Then producer Darren Dean, he has his bourbon stash. I found that and I was downing that. So by the time we so got to the So you mix like all these different liquors. Yeah. And um, did you have pancakes? You yes. Went I, to the I, I, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you know, because I drank too much and didn't, my, didn't taste as delicious. I've had, I poisoned myself. So it was, so I wasn't just acting drunk. I was acting while drunk. And I had really good self-control. I wasn't just acting drunk. I was acting while drunk. I don't think I've ever heard those words said before. That's really good. I like that. I heard it here. Uh, Vicki Abelson, Game Changer. Game Changers with Vicki Abelson. Game Changers with okay. Vicki Abelson. Yeah. So when it was, we were doing the scene, having the dialogue, and um, Sean Baker, the director, asked if I was ready, and I was, and I just was able to... I, I, I'm not anorexic, I'm believing, but I could get You were able to do it on cue? Yeah. Watch Tangerine. And, oh, and I mean, I, I did watch Tangerine. Yeah, it's all, um, I think there's a few moments of me just hiccuping, trying to get it out, so they cut to right before so you don't see the, <laughs> the me trying, but yeah. Um, and, and Chris took it. He took it. Now, here's some fun trivia, which I don't know. <laughs> is how, so he's wearing a t-shirt underneath like a jacket, but his t-shirt says Glee on it. So, oh! That's a little Glee cameo, Glee shout oh, out. nice! That is, and and like okay, so now you went in his. He tasted the pancakes. He it went, and his eyes. I'm so, in his mouth. It was so now. All right, so now you do it. Oh, Chris gave a wave. Chris, hi, Chris. Oh, you're hearing the story. So um, was that you just tasted now? the pancakes? Right? I hope that was right now. So Chris is actually he's he's clapping. Or oh, is that a wave or a clap? It looks like a wave or a high five. I can't tell if it's a what it. Yeah, it's not two hands, so it's just a wave. So so. So how do you get out of that? So you shoot it, and then what do you do? Oh, I um, I did some extracurricular vomiting <laughs> off camera. Oh. oh God! And what does Chris do to get? Oh, I think they probably brought him right into a shower. Chris, if you're, what did you do? Was, Chris, uh, what did his, you do? You, it, it was so I can still taste it in my eyes. <laughs> he didn't say that. Yeah, he's he? saying oh, it right now. I can still taste it in my. Chris, uh, tell us really. How did 
did you get the vomit? How quickly did you get the vomit off? And how did you do it? Because you're on set. You're, you're on location. Yeah. So. Well, the product, we were in the cab and we're getting thrown out. But thankfully, I think the production office was kind of near where the cab was at that point. That is, I just can't even imagine that knowing that somebody is going to be, like, how do you not, what's the word when you, when you, when you, Gag? No, no, no. When you, when you, when you are anticipating something happening. Well, that's why he took all. He took Nyquil. He knocked himself so out because he, he thought he would laugh because he knew that. Wow, this is great footage. This is. Sean so Baker he has took. Not, he, took he took Nyquil. Yes. So that he would be. Not so, otherwise, I'd be suffering. Imagine if you're fully conscious and alert and knowing that someone's going to do disgusting. I don't know how. He, I don't know how. Chris, you, you have to tell us more how you did this. I don't understand. And now the best part is Vulture just made a list of the 40 best Christmas movies and Tangerine is on the list. I love so that. We're, with this vomit, my vomit is part of a Christmas classic. <laughs> That's bizarre that it's in the Christmas movie. Takes place okay. Christmas Eve. Well, there you go. At that at, at Donut Place, where I went to 12-step meetings right around the corner at the Gay and Lesbian Center for years. At the, and that Donut Place isn't there anymore, is Danny, it? Danny Trejo, he destroyed it. He's now Danny Trejo's. It's so wrong. Coffee and donuts. It's wrong. So, okay, so but, so let's get back to Glee. So now you did the first season of Glee. Mm -hmm. It's huge success that you couldn't possibly... You could never imagine. And I grew up like watching TV and movies and wanting to be a part of it. And I would watch the award shows... And then, but being at the Golden Globes, which still to this day is one of the most fun parties I've ever been to, and then being on stage at the Golden Globes when the show wins Best Comedy is the most surreal thing that I have to actually tell myself that happened, because you're looking out in the audience, oh, there's Steven Spielberg, there's Johnny Depp, <laughs> Jennifer Lopez is coming up to me to tell me she loves my character. Neil Patrick, I'm dropping so many names. Neil Patrick Harris comes up to me in the bathroom to tell me he loves my character, Aww. and it's uh, it's just so who'd surreal. Who would you bring to the Golden Globes? My girlfriend. Okay, now what are your parents thinking when this is happening to you? I think there's they've always been so supportive and they're just so happy for me. And I think more importantly than anything, they want me to be happy. Yeah. And I think when they're getting phone calls, we shot John because I had. It was very awkward, actually, when they, I think Golden Globes watching, I cringe when you watch it because I'm kind of, I didn't want to stand in front of anyone and I kind of <laughs> got up, when I got to the stage, I stood, I want to stand behind people, I don't want to steal the moment, but I end up getting a lot of television time because I'm basically standing behind Ryan Murphy, he's giving the speech and it looks like I'm hogging, but I'm, no, I'm actually standing just behind to let right. me not be in front of anyone or block anyone with right. my hair. But that, oh, so, yeah. <laughs> but that, that, that was just incredible. I've been to the Golden Globes four times, and food is really good, and it's just seeing everyone from Hollywood. I've, only, I've been to the Emmys a few times. Gabe was, my husband, uh, with David Letterman, got, kept getting nominated. So the Emmys were great fun, but I had never been to the party of the Golden Globes, which I've heard is amazing. Yeah. Um, but now when I, I look, some of the pictures I saw, I was at, the backdrop, it says the Weinstein Company. I was like, oh, <laughs> this party, was I said, and I, had, I never met him or saw him. He threw a good party, like the after party at the, I never thought of him as a person. Like I was like, after the Golden Globes, you go to the Weinstein Party. That's where they have the best catering. And I guess that's not gonna be a thing anymore. I guess anymore. that's not gonna be a thing anymore. So, 
So Glee, is that the career high of uh, so far? Uh, it's, a, such, it's a weird question, cause I, uh, and it's something I think about, whereas I might do other shows and have much bigger parts on other things, but will it ever be as big? That, that was, was just such a huge cultural It phenomenon. was on the cover of magazines. It was, um, so it, it, it's definitely as the biggest thing I was a part of. Um, but right now I'll get recognized more for Drake and Josh. Really? Which even I'm on that for less than two minutes, but they still rerun it and I'm this very odd. Hi, Josh Peck. Hey, Josh Peck. New daddy with the cutest baby. I saw Josh the other day hiking. Did you? Yeah, so it was nice. fun to see him. Josh is a sweetheart. He was really lovely to uh, Samantha. We met him at Phil's, and he was lovely, and, and did a shout out to Harry on, on Instagram, and, and yeah, he was, he's lovely. Yes, that's Josh's. Josh. That's a Josh trait. It's a Josh thing. Josh has seven million Instagram followers. He is huge. He's very popular. He's very popular. Ooh, it's funny. Chris, wow. I was so sick at the time, so I had NyQuil on me and swigged half a bottle. Oh! oh. So I so I can probably, I, I don't recommend this for acting students. I am not a professional so actor. So even though Chris is not a professional actor. Oh, wait a minute. I call Chris Our Chris. small crew all wore many hats and one of the hats was the privilege of cleaning it from our rental car after we finished oh. the scene. I'm sorry I interrupted you. What were you saying about Chris? Oh, so he says he's not a professional actor, but Chris is a very good actor. And Chris has helped me with many auditions nice. and he does so many voices so if anyone's ever hired he, he is in addition to being a brilliant writer just as an actor and i tell him this i encourage but i think he's still busy with all the other stuff and he'll try to act and grace the screens and things he's creating which is fantastic mm -hmm. when 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 chris was here we were talking about the fact that he'll max out his he is so into following his dream and pursuing it that he'll max out his credit card to make one movie, like yeah. to go on to the net, and I just have so much respect for that. That's a tough business. You never know when the next check is coming. But the fact and that it's, it's all, he's, he's all in for his art, which I love. Mm -hmm. I'm in for life with this, and I've compared it to being an addict. Um, which I am. Which, so tell me if this works or if it's offensive. Okay. But... I, or showbiz and acting, I want it so bad into being on stage at the Golden Globes. There's a high from that. And I'm chasing that high. I want to get it again. So I'm willing to go through all the suffering and withdrawal of not being there, not no, of not working as an actor, just to get another experience, just to get another hit of that euphoria, whether it's being at not just the Golden Globes, being on set and getting to act with great actors. It's, I feel like I'm constantly chasing that high. Chasing that high. And I'm very well aware, so even when things aren't are on the not great side, I'm still going after because I know how good it is. But it's less bad for you than um, drugs. Like drugs and all that. Um, I was actually in a pilot for Comedy Central called Hollywood Anonymous, and it was about exactly that. It was about a bunch of comics all being addicted to Hollywood. And uh, Robert Schimmel was in it, and, and, and some Andy Kindler. It was very funny. It was a great thing. So, so when it's slow, mm -hmm. What do you do, like how? What do you do when it's slow? Um, trying to create things, trying to... Do you create, do you write? I do a little bit of trying to do, just have a meeting with producers and sharing ideas I've had. Uh -huh. And there's some people out there who are really great people to meet with, but then there's also people out there who steal your ideas. Well, do they? Well, there's that, but some, I, there's some people who are just lonely and they, say, I'm a producer, 
And I, yeah, I spent a lot of 2014 with this, or 13, 14, 2013, wow. With this lone, this guy who basically turned out to be just a lonely man, who Aww. he promised the world. Aww. And it's tricky because when someone's promising all sorts of things, and I'm gonna do this for you, and it's very appealing. And then you don't wanna ask for, can you prove you could do this? Cause you don't wanna seem skeptical, but yeah. It's, so I try to do that, I'm try, I go hiking, I watch. I try to be familiar with everything that's on television. Right. So uh, how, how often do you go out? Do you, are you constantly going out to audition? Is that like a... It's not constant, but it's here and there. And what's really cool because of, and I haven't had this before, before Glee, but because people that knew me from Glee, there would be projects, like there was a sci-fi channel movie with Steve Gutenberg, and they just called and be like, hey, we're doing this sci-fi monster movie. Do you want to be in it? Yes. Okay, see, now that's what I was just going to ask you next. Do you get the call, no audition, we want you? Yeah, and that, that happened for that. And that's the coolest. And then one of the coolest, there was a Nick Jr. show called Mutton Stuff, which now that I'm an uncle... Harry um, Mutton, he was, that was his nickname. My, my son. Oh. Mutton. And yeah, Mutton Stuff was Sid and Marty Croft. And that was another thing just... You got? That they just asked me, Aww. but which tells me, sometimes they say, oh, it's not you know, how good you are, it's who you know, but I'm realizing it's not even who you know, it's who knows you. Mm -hmm. So that's why I love for as many people. Meaning, say that again, they, they say, I oh, take that in. They say, oh, it's not even how good you are. Yeah. Because you could be great, but if no one knows you, it's who you know. Right. But then I took that one step further. It's not even who you know. It's who knows you. I like that. Mm -hmm. And because like people want to work with people they like, mm -hmm. and there could be a lot of great people out there, but if they're just sitting at home in their basement, and that's why after, also after Glee, I started being invited to parties and red carpets. And during the first year of that, I just thought, ooh, this is fun. I'm going to movie premieres and carpets. I'm living this glamorous lifestyle. But then I realized these parties are work. And there was a nice guy I met at a party who said, I'm doing a Comedy Central pilot. Will you be in it? And that just happened from being at a party. Okay, so here, I, I, so I just went to a, a, a very Hollywood party a couple weeks ago. And there were amazing people there. Now, I knew most of the celebrities there because from, from, I've met them in Phil's. They've done my, my thing. But the hostess of the party got very insulted that um, that I was putting up pictures with these people, and they were my friends, mm -hmm. and she felt used. And, but I, I was trying to explain to women who write yesterday that everything is networking in Hollywood, mm -hmm. that everything we do, no matter how social it is, everything is connecting with people, and that leads to the no, Instagram thing. is the way to do that. There's a lot, I, I've gotten most of my guests from Facebook. That's been mm -hmm. a great tool for me. That's how I got Isai Morales, who was here yesterday. It's, it's, but, and you and I met at Phil's. Had we not been at that social event together, you wouldn't be here now. Uh, yeah. It's just the name, it's the way it's done. It's not, it's not taking advantage, it's, it's just, it's the business. Yeah. It just is, and it's fun. And then people would tell me, oh, Josh, you're so good at networking. Or I honestly feel like I suck at networking because I don't suck up to people. I don't. I'm just and just myself. Right. And some people may think, "Oh, you're weird," but if then the people who click into that, <laughs> it works. And I think just by being your genuine self, mm. that's how I'm networking. Because sometimes I cringe at people like who ask you to do things that aren't even possible. Like, or people ask me, "Oh, you should ask um, so and so to give you a part. You should." And sometimes it's not appropriate. Like right. the moment you do that, that's going to be such a turnoff. Right. Um, okay, so let's review, because how long have we been on the air? We've been on the air for almost two hours. Oh, wow. I know, right? It, it flew by. I thought this was going to be one hour. <laughs> well, what? Um, 
Tom Wade, am I networking? Somebody just, Peter, are there any, before we go, are there any questions that we should have before I take this in the, in the, in the home stretch? Ah, uh, yeah, someone asked, tell us about Personal Demons, the movie, not your own. <laughs> okay, uh, that's a movie I have on IMDb that I don't know what status it says on IMDb, but I don't think it's, um, oh. well, who asked if it, is it, if it's Adam who asked, Adam's the director, so I don't want to give up. But uh, we shot a sizzle, um, and that's all that was shot for. There was any, and I don't think there's intentions for anything uh. to be shot. But it's on IMDb as though it's a completed movie. They yeah shot a sizzle, and that's weird. Wait, I'm just looking. Is it, um, anything else, Pete? Adam is off. Jeff Barry that asked. Okay. Do we know who Jeff Barry is? Well, this guy's not Adam who would okay. would be a. I don't, well, it's not a finished movie, and if it is finished one day, that would be cool. Oh, Felix, Felix Solis, he's one of the greatest actors that I have ever seen on stage. He blew my mind uh, recently, hey, Felix. And, and Felix is going to be in the living room uh, later this month, and we're going to have you too, but um, anyway, I just... Oh, Bono. Um, Bono. Is it you too? No. No. That was a joke. Actually, I just saw a picture of somebody. She with walked Bono. into that. Somebody was with Bono oh, from my Bumble. It was somebody from Bumble, I think. Anyway, this is what I want to what I want to go out on, Josh. I want you to review for us, if you can, what you think it takes to go from being the kid who the person, because it could be a grown up too, who wants to do between the difference between the person who wants to do it and the person who is doing it. Let's let's go over the things that you think. Or the road to success. Okay. Um, I think you have to be in it for the pure reasons. Like if you're just after only just rich and famous, that's, yeah, I think you have to love what you're doing. And I, mean, that helps. Okay. And I think just live your life as a good person. People want to work with good people, nice people. This is I, really important and you haven't focused on it, but it's been in the peripheral of everything mm -hmm. you've said is that you are that prepared person. You are on time. Mm -hmm. You show up dressed appropriately. You, what else? Bless you. Bless I you. mean, don't give anyone a reason to not want to work with you. So if you are in the right place, have people, if people are going to gossip, if people are going to gossip about, about me, I hope all the gossip is, wow, he was really nice. You're, you're also not one to gossip. Like I, I asked you a couple of questions. I was asking you about Leah and Michelle, if you had any Leah and Michelle stories. And you don't want you're you don't want you're not a gossip. Mm -hmm. you're, you're not gonna but can you give us like one a nice Leah mm -hmm. Michelle story? A nice Leah Michelle well so we grew up one town over from each other. Ah. And so I saw her in two Broadway plays. So before so it was extra special and cool to work with her. Was she lovely? Um well uh, ah. I, th I think I think Leah thinks I had a crush on her in real life. Oh. Which um, my character did, uh -huh. and there was, in my second episode before the camera started rolling, I did tell, hey, Leah, you got something in your eye, and she's like, what? And I was like, oh, never mind, it's just a sparkle. Um, <laughs> so it was, it was just a joke, it was right. a funny joke, but mm -hmm. I think because of that, she maybe thought I, oh. I don't know what she is. It's amazing watching Leah on set, yeah. because she's such a good singer, yeah. good actress, and... It's, it's just really fascinating and fun. To, but we didn't hang out a lot, so... But you outside. did with Darren, we love Darren Chris. Was Darren a nice guy? Yeah, he was one of the nicest class act. Mm -hmm. And I ran, into, I ran into him at the Muppets at the Hollywood Bowl, which I was talking about. <laughs> and so he, of course I'm gonna see him here. 
And oh, tonight there's a Glee rap battle on TNT. It's a show called Drop the Mic. So I'm gonna have to watch that later when I get oh home. Oh my god, I wonder if Harry watches that. Okay, I'm gonna have to check that out. And and how about so Corey? That that was just. A... That was really sad. Yeah. I was watching Monsters University at the El Capitan Theater, and um, my phone is off during the movie, but um, I was with a group of maybe like seven friends, and one of them didn't have her phone off during the movie, or had her phone on, right. I was checking texts, and she whispered and told me, and oh. I can't, didn't believe it. I was thinking, because there's so many hoaxes, so my first reaction was that it wasn't true, and... But then I, I got curious and I left the theater, I turned my phone on and my phone started blowing up. up. And it turned out it was true. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was, Corey, it was just a, he, a really nice guy. Yeah. And one of my favorite Corey stories is on the set of Glee, they were known for having the best chocolate chip cookies, homemade chocolate chip cookies, and they would go fast. So this plate, this would be all empty. So we were, I was doing a scene with Corey, and we were like, okay, let's nail it in one take. So, so we could get, get to the cookies. So we <laughs> do the scene. This is in the 13th, 13th episode, sectionals. Um, we were filming on location in Glendale. We get over the work of the craft service. There's only one freshly baked chocolate chip cookie left. So as you could tell, this is going to be awkward. We look at the cookie, back at each other. And thankfully, Corey said, Josh, you could have the last cookie. Oh, that's a sweet story. Yeah. That's a sweet story. I like that. All right. Well, that's nice. Okay, so getting back to advice for people who are still trying to do it. Being prepared. Being nice. What Uh, else? Being able to handle criticism. I was a mentor to someone who Mm -hmm. wanted to be an actor, and he would show me auditions or ask for advice, and I would give great advice but they thought that I was the biggest jerk and ended up thinking I was so mean well, how so because I was being critical and in, in what way about the work yeah or in the format of the, it would be better if you did it this way okay and this was just a very just deranged person who um, is I realize I can't be so nice to people and I love to help people but this kind of mm. really yeah I don't want to get into that but right now, for the most part, people are so nice to me mm-hmm. that and, and we're like, oh, you look great. Oh, that's funny. So when someone actually does tell me something that's critical and they're honest, I actually I so appreciate it. Do and Because I, I know they're telling the truth. Because I want to be the best Josh I can be. I want to be the best actor Has I can be. Has anybody ever criticized you in a way, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you, has anybody ever criticized you in a way that was hard to take, that, that, it, did, that, it, didn't go, that it didn't feel that it was... There's things that can make you feel bad, mm-hmm. um, but it's, I'm not happy with my weight right now. I'm, I'm 30 pounds heavier than I was five years ago, and that is, and I have insecurities about that. And if I ever vocalize those insecurities, most people will say, oh, Josh, you look great. You look great. You're crazy. Where I know how I felt 30 I, pounds I, lighter, and someone, and someone actually says, yeah, you actually see a little extra pudge. I appreciate that, and that motivates you me. You do? Yes. Um, even though it sucks to hear, and, it, and yeah, it makes it, it makes it, I want to hear that, because if I don't, and I just hear how 
great idea. Think you'll keep gaining weight. Yeah, and so that's dangerous. Uh-huh. I just want to touch on just another yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, thing. When I fr- in my first year out here, I was at a Halloween party, and this girl was making fun of me, and she was kind of mean. And then a year and a half later, after having one line on a TV show, um, I saw the same girl. She's stroking my arm, putting her cleavage in my face. <laughs> Josh, I just saw you on this show. You must have a really good agent. I don't have one. Maybe you could introduce me. Oh, God. And I left that party just in tears. And, but the thing is, I had the foresight of meeting that girl earlier before having any kind of fame. And now, when everyone's so nice to you, you don't know what's genuine or if those people would have been nice. Because everyone's saying everything you do. Oh, you're, per- you're this perfect. It's funny. You're- so have you had that experience... Okay, so that's an experience that was really clear that somebody was... No, so when people are honest, I love honesty. Mm. And there are... I'm super blunt. And I'm blunt because that's what I want. And I realize I try to... I don't even try to sugarcoat my bluntness because I know I would would appreciate it. So So you just tell me that I could use to lose 20 pounds. You're gorgeous. Which I could use to lose 20 pounds. Vicky is gorgeous. (laughs) That was fishing. But I wasn't really fishing, but... But maybe a little. But no, seriously. So, because, yeah, I, yeah. Like Criticism is hard to take. So it's, it, it's a sign of maturity that you're okay with it. I mean, and the people who can't handle it, mm-hmm. I think are going to be the people who aren't successful. <laughs> I, I think that says it all. I, I think basically we've come full circle and that explains why. Josh is successful, me, not so much. Criticism, don't like it so much. Who has more Instagram followers? It's Vicky. Yeah, but... But Instagram is the big thing these days. All the cool people are on Instagram. And, and, okay, so let's tell them how they can can follow you on all these various things. On Instagram, it's Mr. Josh Sussman. M-R-J-O-S-H-S-U-S-S-M-A-N. Hey, are you allergic? Uh, Are you allergic? Are you related to (laughs) Jeff Sussman, who is one of my closest and oldest friends? I have a cousin, Jeff Sussman, okay. but it's, I don't think it's the one. Jeff is, the, is Kevin James' uh, manager, producer. I'm not related to this. Okay, he's one of my oldest friends. Okay, anyway. Uh, Kev, I'm not related to Kevin Sussman from the Big Bang Theory, even though we look like we could be related. <laughs> I, okay, so they can find you at? Mr. Josh Sussman on Instagram. But that's Instagram. only on Instagram. But Twitter, it's Josh Sussman. And Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Mr. Josh Sussman. I, found, I wish I could be the same no, on, on all of on them. Facebook, I found you just putting Josh Sussman. If you just search Josh Sussman? Yeah, you come And on. you'll know it's me that has a check mark, so you know it's not a faker. <laughs> it's not someone who's going to catfish you. Um, some people try to catfish me. and that's Really? Yeah. Uh-oh, that's not good. So, Josh, what's coming up? You had a bunch of stuff on your, on your IMDb that was in production. So, besides the one that's not really a thing... What, what is coming up? So what's coming up? Um, Star vs. the Forces of Evil on Disney. I think, yeah. Um, <laughs> and there's a new Nickelodeon show, which I don't think I'm not allowed to say the name okay. yet, but I've done about 13 episodes of that so far. Wow. Um, so that's a Nickelodeon animated show. And, and when is that coming out? Um, you know, with animation, it's always where you don't know. I, I imagine it will have a 2019 release date. Okay. And um, currently doing hibachi grilling on Geico. Um, and That's a very funny commercial, by the way. And I'm trying to, there was a web series that is that I did that supposedly, that's not supposedly, that is, I just don't have the dates that's coming out. Can you say out. the name of that or not yet? I think, well, I changed titles. I'd have, I could go, 
It's on the IMDb. It used to be called The Great Indoors, but then there was a CBS show with that. Okay. It's, game, it's about board games. Uh, it's about this group of people who all play board games, and that's coming out Somebody tell me soon. the secret to how to win Monopoly. Tell me. Okay, so so I, 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 I'm not good at remembering this, but there's something you're never... Don't get the red... You either are supposed to get the red ones or you're not supposed to get the red ones, and now I can't remember. Um, the yellow ones... Oh, fuck. You, you don't the want, I, I, yeah, I know, my language is really bad. I'm sorry for the, orth, the orthodox, my right. family, I, I shame my family all the time. Um, yeah, I, I totally don't remember. There's a secret to Monopoly, and I totally don't remember what it is. I, I'm now screwing the whole thing up. That's okay. You're um, a good company. Thanks. But the secret is, treat people how you want to be treated. That's the main thing. That's the main thing for advice across all platforms. Any, and For Bumble, too. No ghosting. I mean, you know what? I, I, the thing about the ghost, it's fine if you just don't answer somebody and the 24 hours goes by. Right. But once you've made contact with somebody, I don't like the ghosting thing at that point. You know, I think, you What's know. The, let's say, if there's someone I'm talking to and I realize that I absolutely just don't want to see this person again or despise it, what I, is the best protocol? I, I just disappear too. And, I wrote the article on ghosting, and I, in that case, I disappear too. But usually it's because somebody's being weird. Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody's being really nice, I'm not going to just kind of disappear. Well, that's not true. Because in, in my all blind swipes, if I'm looking to date a girl, but then I match with a guy, <laughs> uh, which was, I don't, I'm in really? that searching for women's section, but sometimes a guy will pop wow. up. And this is not what I was looking for. Guys are, but Bumble's for dating, mm -hmm. to have a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Well, or, or boy, point of well, yes. Yeah, so, but then, so that's a tricky thing because then I feel like is it offensive to say, oh, I actually, you seem really cool, but I was. I'm no, you don't have to say anything in that case. No, you're doing absolutely the right thing. So, all right. So, out there in Facebook land and everywhere else, people are watching from all over the place. Josh is available not only for your television show and your movie, but for dating as well. <laughs> Me too. And Pete is available for dating as well. So we, we are we are a full service. Wow, talk show. I had no idea. So you know you just enter my DMs. You there? Okay, so they can find you. We know all the places they can find you. They know all the things that are coming up. I see. I felt such a disadvantage. They they know me. I don't know them yet. Well, you know what? Well, Bye. so if you are out there and you're finding this punum very sweet and cute, you can just put a little thing on on the thread that'll be running on Facebook forever. And, and let us know that you, uh, and, and I'll hook you up. A hookup doesn't necessarily mean that sex. It doesn't have to. A hookup can also mean connect you. Yeah, I'm not that easy. <laughs> I'm not that easy. But make the first move. Make the first kiss on Josh. That's, that's, the, that's the deal. We, we've learned that today. Anyway, Josh, thank you so much for doing thank this. Thank you, It was really fun. I, I loved it. Thank you so much, Pete. And Josh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite you back to come into the living room and like where there's a live audience here and to do your thing. Okay, sounds All right. good. All right, good. So uh, we'll see you next week with Rosalind Kind. Do you know who Rosalind Kind is? Not yet, but I will she next She is week. a fabulous singer, and she is, um, her sister is Barbara Streisand. Okay. And so she's had a very interesting life because she's had to overcome that. Mm -hmm. And she has a fabulous career of her own, and we're going to focus on Rosalind. And I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. RSVP, yes. <laughs> I love that. Thanks so much, Josh. We'll see you all next week. Thanks, Pete. Bye. Thanks. Long and prosper.